Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Whoa. Who are you? It's the Grim Reaper, dude. Oh. How's it hanging, Death? You will come with me. No, we can't. We gotta get back to the babes. Ted, we can't. We're dead, dude. We gotta stop those evil us's. We gotta try. Excuse us, dude. But is there any way back? You may challenge me to a contest, but if you lose, you will remain here in the afterlife forever. What if we win? <laughs> no one has ever won. Dude. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying times here. Woo! You wear a man bun. I, I am not bus. wearing a man. I'm just saying I could if I wanted to. My hair is super long now. Gross Fest 2018 is going to be a mullets only festival. <laughs> Dude, this is taking a life of its own. Already. If it's going to be a mullet festival, we're biting Eric Roberts because that mullet he had in this movie was unbelievable. Oh, that was glorious. That was, a, that was a sweet, sweet mullet. It might rival Roddy Piper and they live. I, I just want to say, John, the ambulance had to be 
one of the oddest but pleasant picks uh-huh. to ever watch. Yeah, wasn't it one of the greatest like films you've never heard of? Exactly. I'm I was, like, I didn't the know whole it was time. a Larry Cohen movie. I was like, what the fuck is this? I thought I saw. The yeah. Larry Cohen movie. And then I'm sitting there watching it, and then Victor Newman from Young and the Restless shows up. I'm like, what the fuck? Is oh, you that? mean bootlegs? Tom Selleck? Yes. Yeah. That guy's been on like, that fucking show forever. Yeah, it's like I haven't seen that dude since like Conquest of the Planet of the Apes or Beneath the Planet, whatever that third Planet of the Apes movie was. Okay. Yeah. Gross first eight twenty eighteen. We'll have to get into it on the show. We'll yeah. have to plan it. Well, we're gonna uh, because... we're gonna talk about it right now because this is the new episode. I don't know what number it is. We've already started. two twenty six. I think. Sure, whatever. Two twenty seven. I'm gonna say maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I have three episodes to post after this show, so we're gonna have a whole fucking week of shows. But anyway, uh, John Cross is here. Our Hello. Guy has not been on our show forever. Yeah, it seems have, that way. I have I have not been on your show for a long time, sir. Um, we get very busy, my lady and I. Um, also, uh, what with the sort of one-bedroom apartment thing uh, that we're living in at the moment, it's difficult on a Sunday night to always kind of uh, carve out a chunk of time. But I'm glad yeah. this week of all weeks, of all weeks yeah. uh, that I've been able to, um, because obviously we have some news. We're going to um, get into also, it right now. Also, being positive, uh, hashtag GrossFest2018. GrossFest2018. <laughs> oh, and as always, the role of Tim Gross this way this week will be played by Owen Hart. I did it again. Yes. And I have nobody to thank. Once again, I did it all by my sweet little self. Two-time Slammy Award winner. I knew it. I'm a winner. I did it. Woo! Owen Hart. Owen Hart. <laughs> Tim Gross is not a nugget. Oh my we god! We gotta get into it, Tim. I know you wanted to talk about it. Let's just I, I talk hey, about it right it, at the start. What happened? Okay. And you've got some well, stuff to say, Tim. So I do, and I know we're, we've already got some questions about it, which we're gonna get into later during well, the question segment. But let, let, here let, it is. Let the folks in on what we're talking about. Okay, Horror Realm announced over the past week that it it, it died. Literally, when I got the news, I think it was you, Kyle, that texted me. I was literally sleeping because I had to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. And I was just like, ah, you got to be bullshitting. Something else is going on. Uh, but it wasn't, and I got up out of bed, went downstairs, got on an iPad, and started talking to people because people started sending me, like, as soon as I came on, I was getting a crap load of emails from people asking me what was going on, which has always been hilarious since <laughs> I, I, I don't have anything to do with Horror Realm, but for some reason, everybody always thought I ran Horror Realm. I didn't. It was Rich, Sandy, and Michelle who did a great job. Yeah. And I said I would name some names tonight, you know, possibly piss somebody off, but, the, you know, went through that whole process. Uh I heard about this two years ago, and it was not from Rich or Sandy or Michelle, but a lot of people, uh, the volunteers that would always come out for Horror Room, which were great, uh, those people were awesome, James, Casey, uh, Rodrigo, but I was hearing rumblings from other people, other vendors, uh, people would talk to other people, and the biggest thing is when they did the pop cinema one, I don't know about that. I don't know that one. That was the one 
where John Cross, you were there, I believe. It was the yeah, it was the first year, and it was really yes. they called it like horror stroke pop cinema because they had yes. the guy who did oh, I was uh, there then, yeah, Sesame the... Street. I mean, basically, all it meant was it was horror realm, but like they had a couple of people who weren't connected to horror. But I mean, basically, it was horror realm, right? Yes, and, and the guy from Sons of Anarchy there, and yeah, and right. that was that was the big problem was they sunk a lot of money into that. Oh, and, no. and that was that was the beginning of the end. And from what I kept hearing from people, and again, uh, Rich and Sandy and Michelle did a great job with it. I had some differences with them, but we always understood each other, remained friends, things of that nature. But that's when I started hearing other stuff about what was going on. Steel City Con, let's call it what it is. It's a fucking stupid flea market glorified flea market out in Moroville that started signing all the horror guests Horror Realm was. And basically offering them more money. Are you shitting me? No, I'm not. And basically this dude, along with a line of other people, did not want to work with Rich. Him and Rich did not like each other. But that's part of Pittsburgh because everybody thinks they're more famous than everybody. But none of Yins are famous. Yins are all stupid dickholes. It just drives me nuts because this is politics. And this goes back to uh, the illegal zombie fest, as I like to call it. Uh, Mark Mengold, who does the It's Alive show, who is a complete ass face, by the way, also. This dude, he's probably laughing, having happy as hell at home right now because Horror Realm died. This dickhole, basically the only reason he exists anymore was to try to screw with Horror Realm. And basically would hold Zombie Fest, move the venues around, charge everybody out, just outrageous amount of money for the tables. And the only reason he would even get people is because he was still friends, and the only person that still believed in him was Angela Rocco, nicest person that could you could ever meet. She's the girl that would sell jewelry at Horror Realm. She supported everyone. I wish everyone was like her. But... That was a big part of the problem. All that went down, they, um, way before the pop cinema or Still City, had a falling out with Mark. He made it his life goal to always try to do something bad with Horror Realm. Uh, Still City Con just being basically a glorified flea market and signing horror stars. And then putting out a ton of money into that pop cinema thing kind of put the nail in the coffin. It just died of a slow death. And I've been saying it, all of us horror movie fans in Pittsburgh should be ashamed that this is going away because it's a nice place. And this goes back to a bunch of people who would travel to Wasteland or travel to other conventions that you would see them at but would never drive 15 minutes out of their way and come to the Pittsburgh one. Yins are fucking stupid. I hope Yins are happy now that Horror Realm died. It just, this was a big reason why Horror Realm finally died. Plus... Uh, Rich has a lot going on in his work life, uh, in his personal life. So I totally understand why this happened and why they decided, you know what, we can't do this anymore. And basically that was why they were done. They were done fighting the good fight. They didn't want to compete against Steel City Con because this dude started trying to have conventions also the same weekend as Horror Realm, no matter uh, what was going on. This is... This is- 
how they do it. I've seen this happen with other conventions. Yes, yes. And I, it just, like I said, this is the main reason, whether Rich, Sandy, and Michelle will say it or not, you know, they're being the bigger person probably not saying it and just thanking everyone, which is fine, but that's why I come in. I want to say it. I want to point out people. Mark Mengold from It's a Live Show. I just wish he would die and go away. And the Steel City Con thing I think is fucking stupid and a piece of shit and a fucking glorified <laughs> flea market. And I'm tired of shit like that ruining good things like the horror movie convention. Besides, and if any of these people come anywhere near hashtag GrossFest2018, uh, I will... <laughs> I will punch them in the dick hole and then throw up in their dick hole. That's exactly what I will do. But that the other happen. the other thing, and Mike Watt and Steve Radinsky brought this up up on my Facebook pages and over this weekend, and basically, you know, some of the Pittsburgh people. Oh, I can't go to the convention. The Steeler game is on. Or this is going on. Or this is going on. But they want to support horror. At one point, Horror Realm had two conventions a year, and I still didn't see your asses out there. And that's why I said Pittsburgh people in general should be ashamed of themselves. I'm not saying it's for everyone, but there are still a lot of horror fans that live in and around Pittsburgh area that would bitch, nothing goes on here, nothing ever happens here. Where in the fuck were you? This yeah, we didn't. Where was that bluehead chick who tried to interview you? She never yeah, showed up. You know, what the fuck was she? She couldn't you get know, through the door. She had too much hair. <laughs> <laughs> the piercings just, kept snagging on the door handles. Some of these people literally, you know, just want to bitch and moan. I mean, that's what Twitter and Facebook is for, basically anymore, and that's what. Pittsburgh doesn't take pride in the horror movie conventions, and they should. I mean, for the love of God, got Tom Savini, George Romero, Chili Billy, a lot of cool horror things. Creep Show is completely filmed around here. There is a lot of cool things, Night of Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, that have happened here. Now, the only one I have left out is the Living Dead Festival run by Kevin. Kevin, cool dude. I know he's hooking up with Steel City Con. It's a one-shot deal only at Morovo Mall. Why? Because Morovo Mall is dying. Everybody forgets Morovo Mall kicked him and his Living Dead Museum out of the mall, saying they don't need that. year and a half later, all of a sudden, they need that dude told him they give him free reign of the mall. He's basically putting on a convention that's not really costing him a dollar. He's he's the same dude that puts on the convention up in Evan City. I think he's doing good things up there. Him and his crew, very nice people. They always showed up and supported Horror Realm. But these other dickholes, the Steel City Con people, Mark Mengold from It's a Live Show, these are the people that are part of the reason why Horror Realm doesn't exist anymore. I totally understand. It is financials. It is a lot of stuff that goes into it, and I don't blame him at all. It's just a shame it died out, because even Dan put it in perspective on his Facebook page, Out of Print Dan, uh, and I know you, John, you talking about some of the characters you've met at Horror Realm. Uh, it, it just, for me, having an exhausting weekend of hanging out with John Cross and Kyle at my house. But, <laughs> yep. but, Dan, but you know, Dan just saying, if Horror Realm doesn't exist... I never get to make Jagoff Massacre. 
never gets uh, to pay his house taxes either. Yeah, he never gets to pay his house taxes. No one even knows who in the hell out of print Dan is. And like he said, everyone knows who he is now. He's just he was going through the things. John, you were saying all the people you've gotten to meet. For the love of God, we had a guy, T shirt Joe Garcia, travel from fucking Texas to Pittsburgh to do a convention he knew he was going to lose money at, but he had fun. That's it. What was it? Uh, two I, horror I was I was planning, you know, and, and obviously I've only been to two, but like I definitely feel part of the family, even though I've been only been to two. I was planning every year to travel the eight hours by bus from New York City. And, you know, I was sitting by golf chicks. Yeah, sitting yeah. by goth chicks and uh you know trying to fall asleep while other people talk loudly on their phones and shit at three in the morning um and stopping off at weird truck stops in the middle of the night and buying uh ripped sleeve uh, denim jackets with <laughs> mad uh, sports things on the back like i was i was enduring all that to come out there because um it was like first of all like I say, a family, and secondly, just one hell of a kick-ass con. You know, no, okay, I had the benefit and the, the the wonderful fortune of knowing that I could always rock up at the gross house and and crash on a couch or two. But like, uh, apart from that, I would have come out every single year. I was planning to to bring my lady out in the next year, and yeah, I mean, it was like I said, I started off listening to this podcast and hearing about people like Quillen and T-shirt Joe and. Uh, out of print Dan and, and names like that and I just saw Space wow Jesus. Space Jesus <laughs> right 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 <laughs> who did Holy not Jesus. show up last year this is your fault Bryce uh, he has a whole other set of issues <laughs> yeah well, Bryce has too many issues to go into in a two hour show there really oh, yeah. is no way <laughs> he yeah, has all the issues not and I not to mention a dwarf complex but uh, <laughs> but but <laughs> I love you Bryce but no like I, I heard all about all these characters, and I was just like, "This is these are the greatest." Like the thing that drew me into your show was yes, the movies you covered, but also was like just the the lingo you guys had and and the uh, friends you guys had and the people you would talk about was such like this vivid world. And then meeting all of those guys, and then sort of madly, sort of instantly becoming friends with everyone. I mean, that first horror realm that I came out to will literally go down as as top 10 moments in my entire life like i don't think that between now and when i die like i will top that first horror realm in the way that that it was because i just we saw the the uh, night of the living dead cemetery went to the monroeville mall uh i met tim's amazing family the thing on the vh will live in yep. me and my brain <laughs> we um i was yep. introduced to fossilman and his chubbies uh, I saw Ed Quillen. R.I.P. Ed Quillen. Yeah, R.I.P. Ed Quillen. I got drunk on Kraken, played ukulele, and fell down in front of T-Shirt Joe. Like, it was just the greatest night and the greatest weekend. And uh, I I have friends for life now, you know. And when, when, I, when I come to, to Pittsburgh, um, uh, hashtag GrossFest2018, um, you know, it's it's like a reunion every time. It's like a family reunion or or a, like just a great bunch of guys. And I love it. It, it is. It is. Yeah. And I, I just wish I would have been able to do more to keep this going. I mean, a few years back, I was told I got to pay for a table. And there was a few people that got free tables that balked at this idea. Me, I was like, OK, you're old. 
got to grow up. I'll pay for the table. I don't care. But there was people like Charlie. Uh, Yin's guys know who Charlie, well, Kyle knows who Charlie is. Charlie, yeah. Yeah, he didn't want to. I will never know the full story of what happened between him and Rich. Don't care. But part of it was Charlie didn't want to pay for a table and basically stopped doing any kind of promotion for Horror Realm. Everybody thinks, you know, what, you know, if you don't promote it, you know, that's a little piece. What you do on Facebook and Twitter, people see it. People know you're promoting that. And just even something like that, that didn't help at all. You know what I'm saying? That just didn't help. Just people hearing stories about that, that little fallout. It, that didn't help. Yeah, I don't know anything just, about that. Yeah, it just, that's why I said, these are little things, and once I'm done talking about this tonight, I'm done talking about it, because why? Hashtag Gross Fest. We got yeah, to hashtag Gross Fest 2018. Fest. We're going to go next year. We're going to yeah. figure this out, and I've said, you know, I it, what was great about Horror Realm, and that's why I said, people like myself, I wish I could have done more. The Vogels, I wish they could have done more. Um Name a lot of the people around there. The guys from the barn just basically just found Horror Realm and loved it. And it just Nick Charles, I think, is from the Boston area, drove fucking eight hours just to get here to do that B-documentary movie premiere and absolutely loved it. He loved it here. And we became friends, and he became friends with a bunch of other people. Horror Realm was a different convention. As Quinlan even put uh, put on his Facebook page, which a lot of people don't know, Horror Realm was the first convention in a decade that was able to pull Frank Henenlauter out of whatever funk he was in. Well, that guy doesn't seem like he leaves New York City. Yes, but he came to Pittsburgh for Horror Realm to do a do a horror movie convention, and all of a sudden Henenlauter did like five conventions after that. But didn't do one for a decade. The only ones he did do were in New York. So wait a I minute, mean, what the fuck? Grossfest has its own Facebook page now. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, Grossfest hashtag Grossfest hashtag Grossfest 2018. I'm leaving Grossfest Facebook page just so I can join it again. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, I went to sleep for two hours. I woke up and Grossfest had a Facebook page. <laughs> This is a movement. It's not just a. It's not just a hashtag. It's a movement, and but, uh, we I mean, make, it on, way, make it reality. Yeah, honestly, could Exler and his people do do more for horror? Realm? Probably. We all could have. I would have lo- liked to do it, but there was a lot of people that didn't want it to happen. Yeah. And guess what? It's gone. Be happy now. Now you got something else to bitch about again. Jim, you know let me I mean? ask you a question in all seriousness, man, because you're t- yes. talking about like stuff that people could have done and yada, yada, yada. So if if Rich, because Rich said he kind of knew before this last horror album. Oh, he yeah. He, of- yeah, I think he he knew. And I think talking to him Friday morning when we were setting up, I it kind of confirmed. Yeah, you kind of talking it? to him. Yeah, yeah, him not saying anything. But talk like him and I were talking it out and just talking about different things. I knew, but I like I said, I was hearing rumblings for the past two years. So no, but so my 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 question was, dude, like if if that had been more uh, like open common knowledge kind of thing, um, that rich, not that like 
Horror Realm was dead, but the Rich had to leave it at the end of this year for personal reasons, financial reasons, whatever it was. Do you think there would have been something that like all the vendors could have done or we could have done or something either over the last year or the last two years where we could have like picked up the mantle and kind of moved it forward and, you know, Rich maybe stay on as a consultant but not actually like put any money or time into it just to like help people out for the next year and to kind of try and find a new torchbearer for Horror Realm? Or do you think that sort of without Rich it it was correct that it, it died? Um, Maybe. I I def I can't give a definite answer on that. What I would li- what I'd like to say that it could have gone, but part of that, you know, I understand the fact that this was I in 2007, I believe it was. I remember sitting in a comic book shop near my house with Sandy, Michelle, and Rich, and them three explaining to Charlie and I, the idea of Horror Realm. It was their baby. And the reason I'm bringing this up is, one, they realized they didn't know who they were bringing in. (laughs) (laughs) Two is the story of Tom Savini. This is the only bad thing I'll ever say about Tom Savini. I think one of the reasons why, another minor reason why Horror Realm never uh, is dead now, is Savini wanted a shitload of money because you were going through guests, okay? And I am always of uh, the thinking. Uh, Savini wanted a couple of thousand bucks. And it's it's like, dude, this is in your backyard like mine. You're not doing much. Come to the fucking convention. It's not like you're not going to charge $20 an autograph. And he just showed, he showed up last year. Yeah, the last two or three horror realms, he has just shown up and they've let him come through the door. I mean, he's Tom Savini, of course you're going to let him come through the door, right? Yeah. right? But he wouldn't be a guest there because they refused to pay him. You know who's paying him? Steel City Con. It just, it's one of those things. I laugh because it's like, dude. You're going to make enough money on autographs for the weekend. You don't need to charge these people two, $3,000 to be a guest at a convention 15 minutes away from your house. They yeah, mean well. They're trying to do something with horror in the place you've lived your whole life and talk about so glowingly in interviews on all the DVD commentaries and everything else. But you're going to tell these people... And you, I need the paycheck. No, you don't. Dude. It kind of always blows my mind because we see this all the time in New York with a different kind of thing, which is like favorite old music venues and or music bars that were like host to some of the great bands in the 70s and 80s in New York, like struggling to meet the higher leases and needing anywhere between like 25 to 50 thou to kind of keep the doors open sort of thing. Yeah. And you think of all the sort of millionaire to billionaire musicians who are hanging around New York and they don't they can't just go like, oh, here's 25 thou, you know what I mean? And then write it off their taxes. But it's the same thing with like Savini, like when Horror Realm or whatever um, is is struggling or needs like a, a torchbearer for it or needs like a famous face to kind of put their weight behind it. There's no, like you say, they live right there in Pittsburgh. It's no skin off anybody's nose. And he's going to make money anyway off autographs. You don't really understand like why people don't just kind of, 
show up and 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 want to encourage that kind of thing. It, it, yeah, it just it seems odd to me, you know. This because the same thing a year before that when they were doing Zombie Fest with that Mark Mingold character, uh, Greg Nicotero showed up, was there as a fan, just wanted to come out and support something in Pittsburgh. That's was just that the zombie. Was that the zombie fest where they went through like the Monroeville Mall and it's on the DVD extra? Yes. Of the Dead yes. And that? Right, 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 right. Yes, yes. And that's the one where I basically called John Russo a hack and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the famous story of me waiting for me to get kicked out of there. But it's the point. Greg Nicotero just shows up, wants to see what's going on with the Pittsburgh people, have fun, be a fan, where Tom Savini's like, give me the money, bitch. And it's like, dude. Any other city, I understand. You want to make that, you know, you're asking for that money. I totally understand. But your home fucking town. And it yeah. was the first thing that I said to them guys, never bring him in as a guest. And that is the only bad thing I will ever say about Tom Savini. I love that dude. I grew up worshiping that guy. Yeah. It is the only bad thing I'll ever say about them. But the, going back to your question, John, I I only say maybe just for the mere reason it is one of those things. Could we have helped that maybe taken it over where he's only a consultant? I don't know if Rich would allow that to happen. I'm and this is just my opinion because that was their baby. You know what I mean? Right. That oh, yeah, was of course. It, 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 it's one of those things, and I can respect that. You don't want to see somebody else taking it over, right? And running with it, right? And also, it, lots of people have. You know, there's always that thing where you're like, oh, sure, dude, yeah, we'll do anything for you. And then actually come the day, they're like, um, uh, maybe not. You know, like, pe- people, and, and look, I'm guilty of this just as much as anyone is, but, like, people are great at at talking and saying this and saying that. But, you know, uh, with, with all the best intentions, life can get in the way and life can kick your ass. And suddenly, like, the date comes around when you're meant to do whatever. And, uh, you know, it's just not possible. And I see this all the time with, like, indie filmmakers I know who say that they can get, when they first announce that they're going to be doing a movie, they get 50 or 60 people sign on and go, sure, I'll show up, I'll do anything. I'll carry equipment, I'll say a line, I'll yep. do the whatever. And then actually come the day of shooting, they're all too busy to do other stuff. So, like, you know, and you don't know, that might be totally legit, like those people being busy. I'm not attacking anyone. But, like, the same could have happened. We could have all sat around and gone, no, we'll show up next year, we'll do this, 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 and this, and this. And then actually, really, life could have gotten in the way, and you know, horror realm just wouldn't have wouldn't have. Oh yeah, on. believe me, I tried to do as much as I could with horror realm, and yeah, having two special needs kids, not being home, trying to hold a full time job, it's tough to try to go help them as much as I can. And of course, you know, it, the wife's like, "Hey, you gotta pick something here. You gotta, you know, you have a home life," which I totally understood, and I had to step a little bit away from horror realm. And maybe not help out as much as I probably could because of that. But, you know, you got to remember, kids, your family got to come first. And like I said, that's one of the many reasons I know why Rich is stepping back. Plus, I know his business expanded. He doesn't have nearly as much free time as he used to. And that's another reason why into it. But a big reason is support. From horror fans, I don't expect people that are not into horror movies or passerbys to support it. But there's enough horror fans in the Pittsburgh area 
that didn't show up to that place. And that's why I said we all should be ashamed it died. And between that and the stupid politics of whether it's Pittsburgh conventions, uh, all the conventions in general, or just some of the personalities in the Pittsburgh area or surrounding area, like you're bringing up independent filmmakers that don't like each other or whatnot, grow the fuck up. You know, it just... It's the stuff that pisses me off. I know way too much about random shit that it just bothers me. That is the way this scene is. And part of me really believes that is a big part in why Horror Realm has died. I mean, there's several reasons, but like I said, hashtag GrossFest 2018. Hashtag GrossFest 2018. We will make it a reality. However, I have one last question on the subject of Horror Realm. What well, I know we, we're going to have more too, John. Believe me. Sure, oh. but what if what if we set up a live aid style fundraiser <laughs> for Horror Realm? Horror Realm, Ed Quillen, R.I.P. AIDS. Um, and potatoes. We, and and I play from start to finish the entire album of the Pleasancing, uh, <laughs> and that that's the fundraiser. Do you think we could bring back Horror Realm? Do you think it would happen? I, I don't think we I can. Don't think so. John, I will say this. Just because if Gross Fest does get off the ground, and I've already had preliminary talks with uh, Terrence Main, who's an author, uh, one of the things I've always wanted to do, these guys know I love independent movies, and I've done it in the past at certain theaters, the Hollywood Theater, the Oaks Theater. We've done independent film screenings, called them the independent grindhouse, and got great turnouts. I want to do an independent film, kind of like a film convention, a one-day thing. It would be Gross Fest. Uh, try to have a movie room, a vendor's room. Try to have two movie rooms. Reason being, one got to be... One has to be Spookies Spookies on the loop, uh, and the other room on the wall has Jagoff Massacre on a loop. uh, And any purchases made in either room goes to funding uh, Jagoff Massacre 2. Well, well, John, I was going to say, at some point in one of these movie rooms, we'd have to set you up to do the Pleasancing in entirety. In entirety. And then, now, what if I followed it up with, if, if you... Me, Rick Fossman, uh, Quill and R.I.P., Carl, everyone, we joined together and we did the entire album Mashed Potato Aids and Pineapple Tits by the Dickhole Pukers, uh, involving such great songs as For the Love of Chuds, uh, Angela Has a Dick, the Sleepaway Camp Anthem, uh, Monkey Bellhop Massacre, uh, <laughs> Shepherd's Bacon Cheeseburger. What is this one called? Uh, oh, Sh- Shepherd's Bacon Cheeseburger Aborted Demon Baby. That's another. It's <laughs> another song. On the album. Wait, Sp- Spunky Dog Potato. There's some great songs on this album. The point is, and two, like at first, not really have guests, but just have try to have a convention that. Uh, and Horror Realm did this a couple years back. They did a one-day thing that all the vendors loved. Uh, they only had one or two guests, but it was all vendors, and it was all independent filmmakers. That yeah. sounds like pretty cool shit. Yeah, and, like, tables were 50 bucks for, who you know, for the day, you know, instead of, like, you're paying $200 or whatever. Uh, admission was either 5 or 10 bucks. 
And literally, I had a table inside the VHS room. And that was where uh, Rick sold Cannibal Holocaust on Laserdisc for like a hundred bucks. <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was just a hilarious time. Uh, everybody had fun from the vendors to the people that showed up. And I always kept that in mind with wanting to have an independent, like, filmmakers, have authors, you can have crafters, there's enough of them out there now. Just have them together, have that atmosphere that Horror Realm was. And just, that is Gross Fest. That's what I would want to do. And the thing is, is just trying to come up with where can we have it, when can we have it, you know, like I said, and I think just one day, and if it does well, and, you know, maybe the second one or the third one, maybe we do try to get a guest, maybe, and if we do, it's only one guest, like a Joe Bob Briggs, or try to get, like, I've seen a picture of it where there was, like, Todd Sheets and Mark Polonia together, uh, just independent dudes to bring together, that it would be there, just... The whole point is a convention for horror fans that horror fans would love going to, don't have to spend much money. I'm not into the, everybody charging a shitload of money for autographs. Save your money. Come support the independent filmmakers, people like that, and just have a few beers. Have fun. That would and, be gross fest. And I will have a table where I will be selling The Pleasant Sing on CD, uh, the Dick Hole Pukers uh, one and only album on CD, including the hit single Bryce Katzman. He loved the labia until Miley Cyrus's disease labia spoilt labia for him, which was uh, uh, a, a big hit of that album. That was on the alternative uh, college radio scene. Yeah, it was big. That hit. was yeah, it was a big hit on the alternative uh, college radio scene until uh, some hipster theater kids ruined it. Um, <laughs> we had to Dick Hole punch them. So uh, no, I definitely think that uh, Gross Fest 2018 hashtag gross fest uh, needs to happen i think that even if it starts even if the first gross fest is literally like someone said a fire hall and we get some pizzas and a bunch of us show up and we screen some yeah. dumb movies on a sheet like even if that's what it is i reckon we start like that and then you know like you say oh, next yeah. year, get a couple of vendor tables Maybe and just we can move get on. some independent wrestling going on Dude, I could get that to happen. Believe me, I could get that to happen. Cockfights, cockfights, by which I mean two drunk midgets in a circle with their dicks out. (laughs) It's literally, there's a lot of ideas. I'd like it to happen. And like I said, it just, just have a one day thing. Just have the atmosphere that Horror Realm had. And that is the one thing. Drunk. Conventions like (laughs) Warhound. Uh, the they're Walker Stalker like, things. Uh, they're not like yeah. The, those ones do not have that scene. And more power to you. If you want to go, spend your fifty bucks, get that autograph, spend forty dollars on a ticket. Go, go ahead. I'm not going to tell you not to. I'm we just. Al- we already have the greatest idea, by the way, for Gross Fest. Okay. Uh, we're going to have a VH room, twenty-four hour VH room. Uh, and I've suggested that uh, Tim's mom with the thing on VH is the guest speaker. And, and Car- Carolyn Householder has already said uh, that she should do a live commentary. So we do Tim's mom live commentary with the thing on the VH. And yeah. Jenny Lynn has the VHS player that she could donate. So we're all good. I have two VHS players, so we're not, yeah, we're not going to lack it. I could tell you right now, my mom would probably do that. 
Yeah, we want Tim's mum. Otherwise, I, it's not really gross fest without Tim's mum doing. I, I will see this right now. Me. Another quick thing about Horror Realm that Rich let me in on, and yeah, Jagoff Massacre doesn't get the big thing. Besides, I was able to do something called uh, the Bastards of Horror Short Film Fest with Charlie Fleming, uh, which went over really well and helped a lot of independent filmmakers. But Jagoff Massacre premiered at Horror Realm, at a midnight showing on Friday, did so well, soon as we walked out of the room, Rich is like, this is playing again tomorrow. We've never seen anybody show up to a movie like this. (laughs) (laughs) That was just hilarious stuff. But yeah, it was just that kind of stuff that would happen at Horror Realm. And I loved it for it. And it's a shame. R.I.P. Horror Realm. I'm sure we're going to get more questions John, do you have any more questions about why this didn't work out? And no, I mean, look, I, I totally understand it, and they all put their heart and soul into it, and, you know, it's a real shame that it's it's not going to happen. It really is. You know, I mean, one, one of the big things is I kind of go, you know, the, my first reaction was sadness, and then I was like, well, you know, I can still come to Pittsburgh once a year, and we can try and do, like, a dinner, you know what I mean? Or, like, get some yeah. people around or whatever. Like, we can figure stuff out. But then you start thinking, you know, uh, that Joe used to come up from Texas, and Carl would come in from out of state, and, you know, th- there was there was certain people that would travel a long way. Some of the independent uh, filmmakers that we met and knew there uh, would come in from out there, of state. And those, those fun time production crew, they were coming from Kentucky. They were coming right. outside of Louisville, Kentucky, and they even said when it was announced, they loved Horror Realm. They, they, they've been there twice and they said they would be in there every year at Horror Realm. They enjoyed it that much. Yeah, of course. And I, again, I, I, my plan was to come there every year and I regret more and more not coming two years ago when I couldn't, when I couldn't make it. I, I really, really wish I had done and I kind of kicked myself now that I didn't. But like, um, the, uh, you know, the, the thing with like, the, my thought about well i'll just come to pittsburgh and we'll do something else is like well no because there are certain people who are part of that family who would be missing and while you know you me uh i'm sure carl would drive in but like you me carl uh out of print dan um and you know maybe rick and other a couple of other people and rich and and uh rodrigo's now there and stuff like that like i'm sure mm-hmm. we can get us all together for a dinner but you know then you're missing some key people you know without joe and lisa there it's it's not it's not quite the same thing you know so uh and yeah it, it becomes it becomes difficult when you realize that those those guys aren't going to come there and we have to start thinking about well do we all take a road trip down to to texas and how often can we manage to do that you know that's probably only a once every five years kind of thing if we're really honest with ourselves you know so yeah. uh it's it that's when it becomes difficult the, the nice thing about horror realm on top of being a horror fan because don't get me wrong it was a kick-ass convention if you're a horror fan uh they always had some really uh cool individual different guests uh you know um and they were the kind of guests that were and it was an intimate enough venue that they were approachable you could stand there chatting for hours you know they took endless it wasn't just one of these things where you showed up to a wizard world and they charge you 180 dollars yeah. for a photograph and you're in there for a second like i made a video with reggie bannister while i was there i chatted to Gigi bannister for like 25 minutes they gave me free dvds we took pictures we chatted like that was what it was like there it was relaxed and cool and awesome for the horror fan not to mention all the 
amazing vendors and stuff. Of I, I could tell you, I could tell you this, John, mentioning Wizard World, because Wizard World has attacked Pittsburgh in the past two years. And well, I say, have you, that, have you heard that Wizard World are now doing a horror convention, a specific yeah. horror convention in uh, Philadelphia that's going to be like Wizard World HorrorCon? Yeah, and I, and that's, I was going to say, here's the other thing I've heard a few younger people saying about Wizard World when they had the supernatural thing here and even the X-Files people here. Why can't Horror Realm be more like Wizard World? And I told those people, I was like, you are you don't, dead. Yeah, you don't want it to be like that. No, yeah, you don't. You, I was like, I mean, you're not looking for then you're not looking for the horror convention. You're looking to just go see the person that you're going to pay $150 to get an autograph for. Yeah. You're not there for the experience that, uh, let's say, 80 to 85% of any horror movie convention fans, they're going to the convention for the experience, to see movies, to pick up movies. They're not just going there for autographs. There's maybe 15% of those people that go to a horror movie convention to just get autographs. There is way more people that want the experience. They want to know they're getting their money's worth. And this, this is the difference between the two kind of things. At a proper horror convention, someone like Reggie Bannister or Ken Free or Hannah Lott or any of those people, they're fucking Elvis. Like, they're fucking the most famous, most popular, most amazing people you can possibly meet if you're a horror fan. Because they're fucking Elvis of horror, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas when you go to, like, Wizard World, you'll get all the Doctor Whos, you know what I mean? Who are huge, huge, huge name stars, but they're huge name stars to every fucking person rather than someone like a Ken Free or, or a, a Savini or whatever who is like fucking Elvis but to a smaller group of people but a smaller more passionate group of people and that's that's kind of what the best horror conventions always were you know and and the other thing about so just to finish up what I was saying about horror realm before like yes it was an awesome awesome horror convention but like fuck how many conventions do you get where at the end of the day of of uh, being a vendor or, or hanging out or whatever, people didn't want to go away. Like they would shut the vendor room and people would sit outside for hours chatting and drinking and telling stories and making new friends and everything else. Like that that to me was horror realm. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't just like the the vendor rooms and the and the uh, fan stuff. Although that was that was awesome and amazing. And I certainly made friends that way as well. And and you know, contacts for the website and stuff like that, which was awesome. But like, for me, it was like coming out and seeing, you know, Rich and Quast and Katzman, people like that, just like sitting around telling stories and stuff like that was the, that was the good times. And that, that's, that's what I'll remember. I won't, you know, uh, I, I won't necessarily remember like which t-shirt I bought or which, you know, Blu-ray I looked at, but like, I'll remember those times I got to chat to Bryce or Rick or, or you guys, or whoever, like that—that—that's what'll stick out, and that's what I'll miss, you know. Yeah, I think <laughs> at least for me, excuse me, <clears throat> at least for me, it got to a point where in the first couple of conventions, three or four, yeah, I was getting some autographs and stuff, like oh, I gotta get, and then I hit a wall. I was like, well, I think this is kind of, you know, I understand why people do it. I understand, and this was back when twenty bucks was the most expensive one. And I understand why people want to do it. eBay, obviously, I think, has a hand in that. But then after a while, I was like, you know, I, that's not... I, I want to go to, like, get cool fucking things to put on my wall. To, 
all the people I meet to get, like, movies I've never even fucking heard of. And then, like, you find shit like Horror Realm and Wasteland that aren't really about the, you know, they have the guests, but they're more about, come hang out, we have a whole movie room, we can go fucking hang out, and that's what it is. And I think, I think, uh, everybody will eventually hit that point to where the celebrities aren't that important anymore. But you would, you just want to go to see all those people that you've met. But but also, Kyle, like you'll agree that, that those kind of conventions, it's it's not just about like we're all hanging out, but like the celebrities tend to hang out too. Yes. Like they relax, they're off their guard. Like um, one of the ones they've just started up in New Jersey, and we went to in um, earlier this year which is the NJ Horror Fest, which they've started up. And they're, they're doing two this first year, and I think maybe they want to, like, just bring it down to one. I don't know. We'll wait and see what they do in September for the second one. But, like, that was another one where the photos that came out, I didn't stay the whole night. I was only there the Saturday. But, again, it was that kind of thing where you could kind of hang out with the, the stars. Like, you could hang out with your friends, but you could hang out with Ted Ramey and sit around and chat and have drinks, and you could hang out with... Uh, uh, you know, Felicia Rose and people like that. And, and um, uh, the photos that came out afterwards were of both the organizers, the fans, the people staying in the hotel and the celebrities, like all just sitting around and having a meal and having a drink. And like, that's more how it should be. People get too uh, fucking precious about this stuff. And, you know, I've seen them show up to wizard worlds with fucking yeah. armed guards and fucking rope rope, fucking things around them and some people you can only go into a tent to see them because they don't want people taking pictures of them sat at a table and i'm like you know what you're at a you're at a convention get over yourself like this is this is how you make your money stop being a precious tit you know yeah it's sad and you know we need to wrap this up because i feel like we're beating a dead horse but yeah i I, I don't know I don't know about all the stuff that tim was privy to but i just wanted to say man like rich and sandy and those guys Thanks. Yes. For what you did. Uh, yeah, they did a they did a wonderful job. Yeah. They did the best job they could, and it's just a shame that it had to I, go out this way. Yeah, I, I understand. Life gets in the way and, and shit like that, and that sucks. But uh, thanks. Anyway, are we done with convention chat? For now. For now. <laughs> Hashtag Gross Fest Twenty Eighteen. I know you really, Tim, have like some. Yeah, I know you want to go off. I do, but like you said, yeah. it's kind of beating a dead horse, and it's not. It, yeah, it, it just don't need to do a yeah. whole episode. We're, we're also that. we're also gonna have official dead horse beating at Grossfest 2018. Yes, hashtag exactly. Because I, I can tell you right now, I'm already answering emails from people who are like, I want in on Grossfest. I know, like the Facebook thing has been going, and it's just Facebook. I know that, but it's been going like I've had it open just during this chat and it's insane yeah it's just people uh, people were like hey i do web design let me know what you need for gross fest this is awesome i honestly like i'm not kidding like if gross fest comes off we have to do shit like having a mom do a live commentary for the thing on the VA. Yeah. It can't it can't be a regular thing. I don't want to show up and it, it be like just a carbon copy of Horror Realm. I want it to be like 
like a bloodbath and boomsticks, mad fucking bonanza. That's what I want it to be. Well, we're gonna have that. We're gonna have the one guest that we will have will be Stephen Machette. That that's our first oh. guest, him, and he's gonna do. We're gonna have him. You know, this is just wishful think. We're gonna have him do graveyard shift commentary yeah. as his character from Graveyard Shift. I I I've also I I was gonna say if. Some way, somehow, like for the first gross fest, if there should be an honorable guest that should be there, it should be Charles Band. Yeah, and if (laughs) and if you're doing the road show there, if if you can't get Charles Band, we have to have a giant cardboard cutout of Charles Charles Band Band. (laughs) just in the corner. I, I, John, I loved your idea of bootleg Charles Band. Just have yeah. somebody. Well, here's what we do: we get a giant cardboard cutout of Charles Band, and we'll get every chick there to to put her tits on it. And then, <laughs> then we'll send that picture. We'll send every one of those pictures to Charles Band and say, "See what you could have had, buddy." And then yeah, he'll put, show up at the next one. Yeah, put your tits on Charles Band. Yeah. Hashtag gross. Ready. <laughs> Hashtag for Charles Band. It's on bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh no no, I've got it. I've got it. Put your Charlies on Charlie. That's what. That's what. Sure. <laughs> yeah, and uh, all those pictures. Well, he'll get jealous. He'll come. But anyway, we got to roll on because we only got. Yeah. Let, so yeah. It, I said uh, a lot of what I wanted to say, and like you said, it is beating a dead horse. And yeah. I, yeah, I want to get on talking about the ambulance and. Just some I, other random. I, I, I love how, I, I love how uh, Steve Rudzinski, um, uh, maker of Carousel Hell, he put like, oh, we should have a Steve Con featuring me. And everyone was like, nope, gross fest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's seen that. I love, I love that because I was waiting for somebody to be like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. Everybody's just like, nope, gross fest. Hashtag gross fest. <laughs> But he also, too, he posted, he uh, posted on my page, he's like, if Gross Fest is actually real, I so want to be a part of this. (laughs) I already said that he has to tongue kiss everyone who gets a ticket to Gross Fest. (laughs) (laughs) In his Spider-Man outfit. In his Spider-Man outfit, hanging upside down. Uh Uh-huh. Get tongue kisses from Spider-Man, Gross Fest, hashtag. Anyway, we got to get on with it. John, what have you watched this week, sir? Uh, what have I watched? Uh, well, I finally got, I tell you what I did. I mean, I don't want to go down another rabbit hole because I know you guys have talked about it before. Um, but, uh, I finally got my, uh, Phantasm Blu-rays through and I, um, finally got around to watching Ravager, which, uh, Kim and I had started to watch the whole franchise again. It's like Kim's one of Kim's favorite franchises, let alone horror franchises. But, uh, we, Phantasm, yeah. So we started watching them. Uh, on my old DVDs when I first was living here or no, about six months ago. Then. Um, and we got it, we got up to like part three and then just got busy and like never went back to them. So this last weekend we watched Phantasm four on the Blu-ray and Phantasm Ravager. So I just watched Ravager. So I kind of got to see what everyone's been uh, bitching about. Um, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not going to like add to the bitching. I mean, it's clear that it has its issues that goes without saying, um, I hate that there's so much handheld photography in it. I hate that it's like shot on video. It's um, clearly not a Don Cosarelli right. project. Right. 
There, there, I mean, the thing that keeps going through my head, and again, I don't want to beat this dead horse, but like the thing that keeps going through my head is that from the behind the scenes footage on the Blu-ray, Coscarelli was definitely there through 90% of the shooting, right? So why is he not directing it? He writes it, he produces it. Like, why is he not directing it? There's no commentary on the thing. He's not answered that question in any of the interviews or any of the Q&As I've seen. Um, and it doesn't really make a lot of sense because uh, even with those, like, even with, like, no budget, when he has no budget, he made Bubba Hotep. Like, if you can make Bubba Hotep with no budget, he could have made Phantasm Ravager. Like, he could. I mean, and I wouldn't have minded all the CGI and all the rest of it if it was a Coscarelli direction. Because the the, the thing that really bugged me was just how badly lit the video was, so it looked so much like video. It just looked mm-hmm. like video. Like, yeah, you're right. Really- it didn't really have a DP on it. Like it was just shot like any of us would shoot with a video camera. Um, and the handheld stuff was just, it's one of my pet peeves of like indie movies is when people like don't put their shit on a tripod. And I've never seen that in Coscarelli movies. I've never seen like a fucking shaky camera, a hand cam type shot in a Coscarelli movie. So it immediately took me out of the film. But apart from that, like, Oh, and I had one other problem, which was, Normally with a a Phantasm movie, all four of the Phantasm movies, while they are dreamlike and disjointed and surreal and uh, the continuity doesn't always match, they're always within the world of Phantasm. So Reggie is always Reggie and Michael is always Michael and the tall man's always the tall man and so on and so forth. Like they're always within their own world, even though their world is disjointed and surreal and all the rest of it. You kind of... They, they do a great balancing act of you always kind of know where you are, even if you don't know what's going on. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Um, and I think the problem with this one is that it uh, it's jumping all over the place became irritate. It just became irritating. And also it's um, uh, nail, like putting putting it definitely with a big, bold underline that reggie the reggie we've all known throughout the series is actually in like an old people's home uh dying of dementia um like actually drawing a line of that and saying this is actually happening in reality that really bothered me about the plot i thought that was too um it was too uh what's the word like it was too um uh like final and realistic for the phantasm series like the phantasm series has never put a big bold line under anything they've never gone this is what it is you know they've never said the tall man is death or the tall man is an alien or the tall man is like it was they never like uh drilled down it was like this is this it was always left up to your imagination and my problem with uh ravager was that they kind of went no this is this and so whether he is dimension jumping or time jumping, um, there is still a timeline and there is still a dimension where, you know, he is dying of Alzheimer's. And that is the reality that Michael doesn't know about the tall man and Jody doesn't know about the tall man. And they're both still alive and da, 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 da. And I just felt like that was um, it. That didn't feel like a phantasm movie to me. Yeah. Um and I then, you know, and obviously there's a great, I don't know if you've seen any of the extras, but on the 
uh, Phantasm Oblivion Blu-ray, there is a um, extra where they talk about the making of Oblivion. But before they talk about Oblivion, they talk about the um, script that never was or the, the script that they never got filmed, which was a Roger Avery script, which um, after before Oblivion was going to be Phantasm 4 and then after Oblivion yep. was also going to be Phantasm 5. And that's the one where Bruce Campbell plays a soldier and there's like a no man's land in the middle of America that the tall man owns and then the two blah 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 blah. there's a whole bunch of stuff i'm not going down into that but like they talked about that on the phantasm 4 disc which i just watched and i knew some of it but i didn't know all of it and so when i was watching ravager i was kind of like oh okay so they've tried to do the budget 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 version of three scenes from that script Uh and you kind you kind of wish they'd either filmed that script or forgotten those three scenes and written an original ravager like it felt too much of a patchwork for me apart from that that's all apart from that i loved like seeing reggie i loved seeing the cuda i love some of the jokes um i i uh i love some of the uh practical gore that was done uh i you know and 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 i i will watch those guys pretty much do anything it it just isn't a phantasm movie to me like to me the phantasm series ends with the tall man walking off in the desert into the time portal and reggie following him it's a much better ending to the series the end of oblivion is a much better ending to the series than ravager and ravager feels a little uh tacked on and that's all i that's that's my only feeling on it um apart from that the only other things that i've watched that would really interest uh you guys because i've watched a bunch of stuff but i saw the larry some of the larry cohen fest at the quad cinema in new york uh, last week and got to see the ambulance and cue the winged serpent on the big screen with Larry Cohen in attendance. Oh, um, you saw that mullet on the big screen. We, yeah. I saw that on the big wow. screen and, and Kyle, you would have fucking loved this at the end of the ambulance. Uh, while the credits were still rolling, Larry Cohen came down into the cinema and was dancing like a chimp in front of the credits as the music played. Like nice. he was waving his arms around and dancing like a chimp. I just thought nice. it was, Fucking amazing. Um, apart from that, you can see reviews for um, The Dinner, which is a new film, and The Wall, um, which is a new film over on AfterMovieDiner.com, which they're two new films um, I won't go into here. Uh, and also I saw Herschel Gordon-Lewis's Blood Mania because I got a screener through from the producer, James Sato. And um, I'm happy to report, because it's Herschel Gordon-Lewis's last movie, um, and it's also, again, very, very independent, produced in Calgary and Canada. And it's, I was um, kind of wondering about yeah. this project. Yeah, so it's a it's a um, four stories in one kind of film, uh, strung together with like Herschel Gordon Lewis introducing each segment, a bit like the kind of Crypt Keeper, um, but as Herschel Gordon Lewis. Uh, and um, it's all sort of a whole bunch of indie people kind of wanting to be involved in this project. Four different people wrote the the, the different. Uh, um, stories herschel directs two of them um out of the four and i have to say um considering films like this uh especially indie films are notoriously like shambolic uh and a little rough around the edges i thought herschel gordon lewis's blood mania was really good i really enjoyed it it's got a lot of like goofy weird funny awesome 
tumor um 90 of the effects are practical like really well done practical um there's some like really interesting little stories that go from kind of the dark psychological weird kind of horror stuff to full-blown gore fests comedy horror madness uh there's monsters in the wall there's a slasher horror um a retro uh, kind of short film about a guy who manages an all-female pop band kind of like splits meets um slumber party massacre kind of thing at the last 20 minutes of the movie um and uh yeah i i really i really really enjoyed it it's going up on amazon prime it was meant to go up on amazon prime uh, a week ago on friday the 5th it didn't because of technical issues and now they're trying to find the best quality version of the film because they keep having it uh remastered or something but they're trying to find the best quality version to put up so people get uh, their money's worth but it will be going up on amazon prime and i do strongly suggest if you are a passing horror fan or a Herschel gordon lewis fan to check it out because it is the last movie that he officially it was involved in before he died um there is more footage of him that james um the producer may use with his blessing with uh, herschel's blessing in future films but uh uh blood mania is definitely a fun um crazy gory swan song for for um cool. Lewis fans so yeah. i definitely check it out. yeah we were kind of talking about this last episode we we were we were kind of you know this seems to be the way of the new independent stuff like get three four of them together and make an anthology and we kind of like that yeah, I think it's a really good way to go. I mean, these were all written specifically for this anthology. It wasn't like they had four short films and they just kind of cobbled them together. There's definitely an idea that they were all um, approved by Herschel, two of right. them were directed by him, one of them's written by him. So, um, and James Sato, friend of mine up in Canada, um, this is his first time produ- producing effort, but uh, it's a really great effort. He's going to try and film, try and going to try and build a whole uh, indie film scene in Calgary, there in Canada, where they have a lot of uh, studios and things like that. They're trying to get set up. So at the moment in Canada, it's mo- mo- mostly Vancouver or Toronto. So they're trying to do a little indie Calgary thing there. So a lot of any anyone who rents this on Amazon or looks at this on Amazon will be supporting a great little indie movie network up there. So uh, that's awesome that I know James is very open and welcoming and is looking to, um, you know, get writers and musicians and actors and whoever's interested. So, uh, uh, yeah, he's he's a great guy. I've interviewed him several times on the show. We had Herschel on the show before he passed away. So. Um, yeah, if you type in Herschel Gordon Lewis or Blood Mania or James Sato into the aftermoviediner.com, you can find all those conversations and get all the details. But uh, I think it's well worth a rental. Like when it comes up, check it out. I'll be posting it all over Facebook. So worth a look. I mean, obviously, don't expect like Gone with the Wind or whatever. But like it's it's um it's it's definitely in keeping with Herschel's sort of sense of humor and gore. Right. If it's Herschel Gordon Lewis, you know where you're in. Yeah. Anyway, Tim, what'd you watch, sir? Uh, I watched American Exorcism, which people, <laughs> they're like, really? Why? I uh, watched Master of the World, which you ever see this guy's? It stars uh, Vincent Price and Chuck Bronson from 1961. I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Yeah, Vincent Price, of course, is the villain. He builds a uh, airship. It's 1868. And he builds an airship inside a mountain where people think this volcano is actually erupting in Pennsylvania. And he actually builds this airship and kidnaps 
Charles Bronson and a couple other people and basically sails around trying to start a war with every like Paris and I like just it. basically it blow up blow up everybody's military. This sounds but great. It, yeah, it's a it's a really decent movie. It's pretty cool and basically Chuck Bronson's there as part of the US government just trying to figure out when would be a good time to stop the airship. We'll just let it uh, blow up three or four people, then we'll stop it. What's, yes, yes. Got a terrible uh, job. Yeah, uh, also, Wild Card, watch that, which John was telling me is pretty decent. I, I enjoyed it. I, I don't like it as much as the Transporter movies, but it was definitely different for a Jason Statham movie. Well, the thing I like about it is the way it's filmed. Like, it feels more like, because um, it's from the guy who did uh, uh, Con Air and um, Simon West, right? Yeah. Uh, and he's done a couple of, and he did Expendables too, and he's done a couple of these, like, really big ones, but he's also done a couple of small ones. Uh, he did the uh, Nick Cage uh, stolen movie, um, which was in set in New Orleans, and this one is set in Vegas, and it's just got a kind of slower, smoother, very kind of Vegas rap packy kind of feel to the way it's shot. Um, I like some of the action sequences. They're, they're obviously really done well because Statham and West, they know how to do that stuff. Um, the only thing that I think lets it down is that they used basically the same script for Burt Reynolds' Heat because that's what it's kind of yeah. based off. It's based off the William Goldman script. And instead of kind of tossing that out and trying to do a new thing. They just kind of took William Goldman's script and almost word for word. That's the only thing that kind of lets me down about it. Apart from that, I kind of love the way it's shot, and I like that Statham's doing something a little different. I was going to say, it's because it doesn't feel like a Statham movie. It's kind of weird, but a good weird. Yeah, definitely. What happened Uh, to Statham, John? He was shitting out movies every five minutes there for like a year. The big studios came calling, man. That's what I figured. Doing Fast and Furious now for the next three films, probably. Um, he did um, Spy, which everyone's like, okay, Statham's the best thing in that. They need to do like a comedy Statham film. The only thing that really bugs me about everyone kind of thinking Statham's really funny in that is I'm like, go back and watch Crank 1. Go yeah. back and watch yeah. like Transporter 1. Go back and watch uh, Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. Like Statham's always been able to be funny. Like Crank 1 has some of the best timed gags. Like when he's running down the street with a massive hard on in a hospital gown and he's on the phone to like Dwight Yoakam and he's running down the thing and like Dwight Yoakam's like still hard and he looks down and he goes, yep, and keeps running. Like the way his comedy timing in that is really fucking hilarious. And so people suddenly go in, well, Statham can do comedy. I'm like, he's always been able to do comedy. You yeah. just don't know what you're talking about. Just watch um, the scene where he's got the shotgun jammed up the Samoan's ass. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, and, but you know that his next independent film or his next film that isn't a big studio sequel, you know what that is, right? No. It's basically Jason Statham is Shark Puncher. He's going to be shark punching Shark Puncher, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm in. I'm in. It's, it's, Dolph Lundgren get in on this. It's called Meg. Uh, and it's about a deep sea diver because, of course, Statham used to be a diver and a swimmer uh, for the Olympics um, in England. Uh, and it's he's a deep sea diver who like meets a giant like mad shark or whatever. So I just presume he's going to be punching sharks in the throat. That's what I presume. <laughs> well, maybe they become uh, friends. Breaking yeah. news: the gross fa- the gross fest uh, Facebook page has doubled in members already <laughs> since the show has started. <laughs> Yeah, gross fest. And, and we're already getting people just, like, posting shit in there. Like, yes. 
just ideas and things. I mean, this is really happening, Tim. This is really I happening. know, I know. We're gonna, yeah. I believe me. We're gonna. This is gonna happen one way or another. I'm and there. I'm there for it. There. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I like kind of like wild card. But I love the shark puncher thing. That will be awesome. I'm all in on that. I'm on it. Uh, uh, the ambulance. Thank you, John. That was very cool and weird. Uh, yeah, and I did notice it was a Larry Cohen flick. Never heard of it until you brought that up. I was just like, wow, can't wait to talk about that. Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town, which was the first time I ever reviewed that. I've seen it before. That was a USA Up All Night staple. All the time that was on. Yes. Uh, also, finally watched Garbage Pail Kids. You've never seen Garbage Pail Kids. I Okay. Let me just say it's this. fucking terrible. I well, it is, but I thought being a kid that collected garbage pill kids. Uh, as was I. Thought, I like. I never believed this was an actual movie, and didn't know it was an actual movie until the late nineties. It's just like I thought it was something somebody made up, huh. and I always thought, oh, this is one of those big budget flops or whatever, kind of like Howard the Duck, that kind of stuff. It kind of is, but not really. No, it isn't. It was only made for a million dollars. And basically, I was reading some stuff on it. John Carl Beekler, who did the special effects for it. Blacko. Yes. <laughs> $650,000 went in on the special effects, Damn. even though they couldn't finish all of it. He actually put in the first script and actually wanted Garbage Pell Kids to be a horror movie. Well, of course. I And guess what? I want that to happen. <laughs> After watching that movie, hashtag Blacktoe, hashtag Grossfest 2018. Yeah, hashtag, hashtag How has Charles Band not already done this? I mean, Charles Band loves tiny, weird-looking puppet he has things. Done this a million times. It's just yeah, and I was uh, watching this, and it only being a million dollars, I was just sitting there. I was like, Why wasn't this like an Empire Pictures film? Right. Why? It, like, how was Charles? Where's, Band- Jeff, where's Jeffrey Combs? <laughs> Yeah, because Beekler worked, this is like the prime time of when Beekler was working with Charles Band on a regular basis. This is when Beekler had his flowing blonde locks and thick black chocolate beard. Like, this yep. is when Beekler was Beekler. Yes, oh yeah. Was it the and natural it, big flowing locks and beard, or did he go bald and then magically grow that shit back? Yeah, he was always bald and just, he kind of had the yeah. Reggie Bannister look. Uh, hashtag, hashtag Prince Valiant blonde hair. All I'm yeah. saying is I think Beekler went to the Tom Savini hair plug school. <laughs> Tom Savini is the only one who went to the hair plug school of Tom Savini hair plug school. Because I remember, even Robert if he Fulster. will not admit it, Tom Savini used to show that on his promo videos he would show at conventions. <laughs> <laughs> what, of, of his hair plugs? Yes. Hey, but look, he will, man, I am but not he gonna, will sit there and deny he's ever had him. I am not going to make fun of Tom Savini because if I get, how old is he, 65, 70? Something like that. If I get that old and in, in that good of shape, goddamn, dude, I'll be, what are you doing, dog? My dog is doing weird shit over here. Hey, come here. I'll be happy. That guy looks yeah. like a million bucks. I, and I, I also think that uh, uh, really the only option, if I ever go bald, will be the 
uh, Seagal painted on wood, Widow's Peak. It looks, it looks like a carpet sampler, and I will wear that on my head. Which, by the way, did you see Seagal got thrown out of some? Uh, it got thrown out of a country or banned got, from he, a country. He, he, he got banned from the Ukraine. Did he yes. eat uh, all the food? Because, did, did he eat all the Ukrainian meats and then kick he, them out? He ate all the pierogies, is what happened. No, he um. <laughs> He, yeah, he ate all the Ukrainian uh, beefs and cheeses, and they kicked him out. And also, it's because he is best friends with Vladimir Putin and appeared at a blues festival playing guitar with some anti-Ukrainian pro-Putin biking club. And it was a biker's club. <laughs> oh, my God. Steven Seagal is insane. And he was playing guitar with a bunch of bikers who I'm sure he kind of went, they were the best guys on the planet, Johnny. Like, cause he just thinks anyone who's Russian is amazing. Um, you know, even though they like set fire to gay people. Um, yeah. and, and various other horrible fucking things and they treat women like a piece of shit and, you know, whatever. Um, but they, uh, yeah, Stephen Skull was, uh, seen doing a lot of anti-Ukrainian stuff, so the Ukraine were just like, no, Stephen, you cannot come into our country. <laughs> to be uh, fair, gay people are very flammable, and he's probably just trying to keep it. <laughs> That's a very bad joke, I apologize. That was a fucking terrible joke. Yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty bad. But I'm uh, no, um, from the Ukraine now. God damn it! You are banned, banned from the Ukraine. No, the, the, I thought you were going to say what what I went through. My head was like banned from the Ukraine. I wasn't sure I'm ever going to go to the Ukraine. <laughs> so yeah. I, if the Ukraine wants to ban me, and look, if we have any Ukrainian listeners, I apologize. Uh, I'm sure your country is wonderful, rich with history and uh, thick smoked meats. I have no doubt. But like, well, not anymore. I, I, they all ate them all. Right, it's, but it's they're not probably, on my list. They're probably in destitute. We need to, we need to have maybe some change cups at Gross Fest for to help the. I was gonna. I was all, all money at Gross Fest goes towards Gross Fest hashtag twenty nineteen and Jagoff Massacre two three four and five. Okay. I, so I was you, gonna. I was gonna say honestly, you know, my daughter is gonna be out there collecting tickets at Gross Fest twenty eighteen and asking for donations to make a phantasm safe. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she will. That's fantastic. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not going to give her any money because Phantasm 5 was pretty terrible. <laughs> the, on, the only thing I'll say, Tim, is the only way I will allow a Phantasm 6 uh, is if Sarah plays the tall man. That's the only way I'll allow yes. it. Otherwise, I won't have it. I won't have uh, it. Dude, won't. she would do it. She, she would be in her glory. She is the only replacement for Angus Scrim, and that I'm putting that first, on. There. That was the first thing I thought of when they announced Horror Realm was done. I was like, well, where's Sarah going to get to hang out with her buddies from Phantasm now? Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> that would, and I'll tell you what, another memory of Horror Realm is her uh, meeting a Michael Baldwin and then going over to meet Andre Gower of the Monster Squad and Andre Gower just like, first is like, you have a phantasm sphere? And Sarah's telling him, yeah. And he's like amazed by it. But then she points out in all of his pictures that he doesn't have everybody in there. And he had pictures of him and all the monsters and the whole cast. Well, he didn't have a picture of him in the vampire bitches, which she was making a point of. He needs to get a picture of all the vampire bitches. She was giving Andre Gower crap about it. <laughs> Deservedly so. Those bitches were yeah. hot, man. Yeah. Where are the vampire bitches? Don't come but, around here without them. Right. But also, too, 
Next thing I know, there's Andrew Gower with the Phantasm Spear and running around acting like it's chasing him and taking selfies with it. <laughs> it just, it's like that stuff doesn't happen at other conventions. No. Uh-uh. So, hashtag Gross Fest 2018. Gross but anyhow. <laughs> Uh, the other movie that I watched and got to test out my all-region Blu-ray player, now I get to watch my Phantasm Sphere set again, uh, which I still think the, is you the have best. The, you have the old one, right? Like the one yes. that was out in the that, UK years ago. Yeah, that original one, which I still think, it, which is basically the U.S. has just finally caught up ten years later. Yeah. Getting yeah. releases of that, and I, I'm sorry, I'm not giving that one up. That one's awesome. That one's great. But I watched uh, a Region A DV, uh, Blu-ray today, uh, Zombie Fight Club. And <laughs> Jesus it, Christ. <laughs> it is basically... Uh, the first I, rule of Zombie Fight Club is don't watch Zombie Fight yeah. Club. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're Tim Gross. <laughs> it is literally like the raid meets the horde meets basically... Uh, Zombie Fight Club. Well, <laughs> you just like said a bunch of good stuff, and I still don't know if I want to watch it because it's probably terrible. It's it's good, but the the cover of the movie you can tell they're big Resident Evil fans. And again, Kyle, this goes back into Resident Evil wasn't made for us; it was made for them. A lot of it's CGI, but there is some cool, really gory effects in the movie. And it just, yeah, it is literally like ten movies just jammed into an Asian zombie takeover movie. It's just crazy. It, it, I enjoyed it. I was, I was glad to oh, check get it. this out. So, but that's what I've been watching. Well, I watched. Let's go through this real quick. I watched Assassin's Creed. Uh, <laughs> the fucking streak continues. There still hasn't been a good video game movie. <laughs> It's pretty terrible. Is that the reason why that got delayed? It's bo- I don't I don't know. I don't know why it got delayed. But I'll tell you what, it's boring. It's real boring. And that's the biggest like I'm fine. I've said before, I'm fine with your movie being bad and it's okay, but what your movie should never be is boring and Assassin's Creed is very boring. And Fastbender couldn't even fucking fix that shit. He was okay in it. Is the best part about it, but it's just a, I don't know. It's a boring ass game. So, or a boring ass movie. I haven't really played the games, but uh, watch that. I watched. Uh, now I'm fucking forgetting. Oh, Fist Fight. Do you remember this movie with Ice Cube and the guy from It's Always Sunny? Where the teachers no. are gonna teachers are gonna fight. Ice Cube's gonna beat up Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Well, no, I don't remember this. Yeah, you and a lot of other people, because, like, uh, yeah, it was way better when it was called 3 O'Clock High. Uh, and, like, it, it's exactly like 3 O'Clock High, only worse. But the fight at the end's pretty cool, because it turns out, I guess, I would be willing to bet, Tim Gross, that whoever choreographed this fight is a big fan of New Jack matches, because <laughs> I, I might want to watch it. It's a pretty cool fight at the end. Ice Cube's hitting people with fucking stop signs, and he pulls off one hell of a gut wrench pile driver or power bomb. It it was pretty amazing. 
it's nothing to write home to mom about. And that's that's pretty much all I watched, other than the three movies we're going to talk about. So, ta-da! I didn't watch shit this week. Anyway, Tim, is it time to go on Facebook Live yet? Uh, we're past 9 o'clock, so oh, I'm sure shit. if you want to, yeah. Yeah, it's question time. Let me hook this up, because uh, Out of Print Dan said he's coming. We are, I am on fucking Facebook Live right now. So, hey, fuck you, Chuck Connors. That's for making us eat shitty food, asshole. Which are not knowing where to eat at. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm waiting for Facebook to update here so I could get all the questions. I can't, oh, Joe's on here. Joe can't hear you, Tim. I'm here. Yeah. Can you hear me on there as well or not? I can, yeah. I don't know how this works. We'll get better with time, I'm sure. T-shirt okay. Joe, can you hear? Can you hear? Uh, can you hear John Cross? T-shirt Joe. And 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 will T-shirt Joe do uh, the biggest tit starter campaign ever? Yes, Joe, you got it. Yeah, Joe, you got to do tit starter for Gross Fest 2018 <laughs> and Gross Fest. <laughs> My whole entire Facebook timeline is everybody saying hashtag Gross Fest. Gross Fest. Grossfest 2018, uh, everybody. We're we're getting everybody in on this now. All of a sudden. <laughs> okay, right. hold on. Hit us with hold the questions, on. Tim. I I'm, I'm getting there. I'm trying to. Oh get God, past hold Grossfest. on. I gotta adjust the dog, everybody. Goddamn dog is going crazy. Hey, John Cross. Hey, man. Can you hear me all right? Oh, hold on. Got one on the other page, too, that I know the was there. The dog doesn't care. She's just like, I want to be asleep. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh, Kyle, did you love the, the pug birthday? Oh, that kid. That kid had the best birthday of all time. That was pretty cool. Okay, come on. Trying to get the other bloodbaths page up, because I know I've seen a question there. Joe Garcia's just yelling tits. My buddy Dan. <laughs> My buddy Dan Pitson. That's awesome. Oh, what are you doing? Is, am I am I meant to uh, believe that if uh, T-shirt Joe is shouting tits, that he can hear me? I yes, I believe so. Okay, tits starter twenty eighteen hashtag yes hashtag gross fest. Uh, okay, <laughs> here's the one question from the one page we have, Kyle. Uh, it was announced yesterday that the TCM prequel Leatherface is finally getting released in October after. Sh- shitting, not sitting, shitting on the shelf for more than two years, I can honestly say I have no hope for this film whatsoever. If you were in charge with crafting a new TCM franchise, how would you build it? Oh, I think we proposed that New Texas Chainsaw Massacre idea a while back. We get... Yeah, a few get, times uh, now. What was it? Like, Ken Foray and Carolyn Williams' characters find each other and they're going to go after the family. That's how we yes, and Kate Hodge, and we have R.A. Mahelhoff as yeah. the love face. So, yeah, What's I mean, we've phone? talked about that a few times. Yeah. Okay, let me go down the list it's here. It's going to be directed by Jeff Burr, too. Yes, yes, we have to involve. Uh, T-shirt Joe wants to know, if you're ever thrown into prison, what would be your escape plan? And thank you for the pictures, Joe. How do I escape from prison? Yes. Fuck, I don't know. I've never been to jail. I, I, I'm probably so weak and feeble that people would use my asshole as a tunnel and hollow me <laughs> out, I would imagine. 
That's probably how. Like other people would escape through me using my asshole. Your asshole, <laughs> probably is a fucking what? time tunnel. <laughs> I would imagine that's probably what would happen, just because I'm so feeble. Well, I wouldn't I'm, last more than three days in prison. I'm gonna climb through John Cross's asshole to freedom, then. <laughs> <laughs> if you're no, I tell you what, my my my, uh, my escape plan would be to pose. As a uh, ukulele playing uh, a pro-Trump jester, and uh, I would lull the guards into a full sense of security with my um, songs all about how uh, you know people should be able to carry bazookas legally and uh, you know pictures of tits and stuff like that. And then uh, sure. I would hop out through the front gate. Yeah, that'll work. Nope. That, that gets you out nope. of jail. Okay, uh, Steve Rodinsky wants to know, do you feel Pittsburgh being, uh, pause, I am, I think he misspelled the word, uh, being that doesn't want to financially support anything without super celebrity guests cause more of a financial reason to stop than they are letting on. Uh, uh yes. See the first half hour of our show tonight? Yeah, and Steve, yeah, when you get a chance to listen to the podcast three weeks from now... <laughs> Uh, no, honestly, yeah, I think that's a. I think that is part of it. I think some of the outside conventions, not just uh, the giant flea market and uh, illegal zombie fest, were the only part of it. Uh, I do think uh, horror hound. I think it's just the downfall of just conventions across the board because of some of those conventions. I mean, it's not just us that we sit there and talk about on the podcast. There's other podcasts that talk about that stuff, yeah. too. When you're charging $50 a ticket and $150 for autographs, yeah, that's going to kind of limit people from visiting more than one convention a year. No matter where it's yeah. at. T-shirt joke does R.I.P. Ed Quillen, by the way. Uh, yes. Hashtag Grossfest, we will accept uh, beer or Kraken as forms of payment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we would have to rent a U-Haul truck <laughs> to pull that away, because you'd know everybody would be bringing that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am officially banning Buzz from Gross Fest 2018, because we need to keep the Neckades out of fucking Gross Fest. Yeah, Gross All Fest is a non-Neckades area. And we've already said this earlier, because Steve, but I had to say this again. Also, should we start our own horror con called Steve Con, featuring special guest, world famous filmmaker Steve Radinsky? Gross and fest. No, hashtag yes. Gross Fest. Hashtag yes. Gross Fest. And of course, we have some Tristy Gnarly Martin questions. Uh, first one, why has YouTube turned into a beg for money zone? Seems like all people with channels on there are just begging for money nowadays. I'll tell you why, because it fucking works. <laughs> That's why. I have a channel and I don't beg for money. On my channel. I beg for money on my podcast, but I don't beg for money on my channel. <laughs> Does it work? Uh, on my podcast? No. Yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> well, it works for everybody but John Cross. Yeah, nothing works for me. Nothing works for me. I'm like the least successful person on the planet. I'll be honest. I don't watch many of anybody's channels on her unless you have post-apocalyptic movies on her. Yeah. Or the only other channel I've been watching lately is the Addison Binkett, uh, the dude who had the horse head. Horsehead. Yes. Uh, he just did one about terror tunes, and I was laughing my ass off at can that. We get, can we get him involved in Horsehead Massacre? 
Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm sure he would be down for that. Carolyn Householder uh, says Gross Fest 2018 without neck aids would not be the same. <laughs> uh, Tristan Gnarly Martin, also very interested to hear why your much-beloved Horror Realm has ended so abruptly. Yeah, see uh, the first half hour. Yes, uh, Tristan Gnarly Martin. Uh, is Kyle Booby getting ready to secretly audition for a Star Wars spinoff movie about Jabba the Hutt? That must be the reason his belly is getting so big. No, I'm, I'm just calling me fat. I'm pregnant, dude. Yeah. God damn, what the fuck? <laughs> he He's watching, about dude, to have... Just fucking, the way the camera sits, looks like I'm a giant fucking fat piece of shit. And You're about to have twin pugs. I know, man. I'm going to give birth to a pug. Uh, he also, Gnarly Martin, wants to know, will the shark movie Meg in the third installment of Jeepers Creepers ever get released, or are these two movies just urban legends? We just talked about Meg. That's the yeah. Jason Statham uh-huh. shark puncher movie. I believe it is penciled in for the beginning of 2018, I believe. Yeah. I could, I could see that being out before the Jeepers Creepers movie. But As also, Jeepers too, Creepers, fuck that movie. Yeah, that but movie I also want to know if... These are urban legends, then whatever happened to the ur- urban legend of that Jensen Smith movie with Roddy Jensen Piper? Jensen Smith with Roddy Piper and Bruce Campbell that is made yes. somewhere that no one's ever seen yet? I don't know. What the fuck happened to that movie? Yeah. What, you would, you what about... Somebody would have booted that by now. I don't know, What man. about the fourth sequel to the urban legend franchise? Is that an urban legend? And if an urban legend is an urban legend, what then? <laughs> I actually believe there is four urban legend movies. Oh, my God. Well, the fifth one, then. The fifth one. (laughs) Honest to God, I think there is four urban legend movies, because I think I've watched all of them. I got Uh, questions from Facebook Live from T-Shirt Joe. Go for it. They're they're good ones. He wants to know, can Lisa host a porn panel at Gross Fest? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Um, Why not? Yeah, the ins and outs of squirting. Is it real? Is it fake? Uh who, she believes it's just people yeah. peeing. Joe, yeah, Joe can uh, hypothesize on the best tits in porn. Yeah, of course. And uh, <clears throat> Joe also asks, can John Cross read the one bad review of his show? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. So to, so to put this in context, there's a website that reviews other podcasts, right? Okay. And they gave Bloodbass and Boomsticks like a, was it four skulls or five skulls? Wait, where's I thought it was, I've never read this. I, you have to send me a link or something. I don't know about this. I thought it was five skulls, but they ended up giving us four because of John Cross. Because of me. Nobody so, ever should give our podcast five skulls or stars or whatever. We suck. We're terrible. They think you're the best podcast. My podcast, on the other hand, the After Movie Diner, he listened to about ten minutes of it and gave it like half a skull. Uh, so yeah, he, he, my podcast is officially the worst podcast according to this guy and your podcast is the best, which I'm absolutely happy for. Cause that's, that's how it should be really. That's ratings, fun. ratings, ratings, dudes, ratings. <laughs> yeah. It's all about, I, uh, but, uh, but Joe, if you can, Joe, if you post the link, I will read it right now happily. Yeah, I Joe, just find, find that bad review and post the link and John will read it. Yeah, hap- happily read it. And please. also, I have another request. Somebody has got a sweet ass Lancelot Link secret chimp like lunch pail. The world needs a Lancelot Link secret chimp T-shirt, Joe. Which I, I not to beat a dead horse, I do have another memory of this past horror realm, which I have in my email, and I'll read at the next week's podcast. Oh, 
You remember Carnosaur 2 guy, Kyle? No, I don't remember Did Carnosaur 2 guy I, at all. Yeah I, yeah, I met a dude that worked on Carnosaur 2, and he sent me pictures and sent me the story of how he got in it. He worked on the special effects and some of the set designs for Carnosaur 2. Oh, you heard it, ladies and gentlemen. Next week, Tim's got insider news on Carnosaur Part 2. Yes. Stay in, fucking tuned. He came over to the table because I started screaming about somebody buying Carnosaur 1 and 2 off of Dan. And then I started talking about how Raptor and Raptor Island were sequels to the Carnosaur no, series. I don't remember Carnosaur 2 guy. I, yes. Probably wasn't, I don't think that I dude got back to me last week, and I forgot to tell you about it. Anyhow, Patricia Stevens' uh, question, RIP VHS Room and Horror Realm, favorite Horror Realm experience? I wanted to direct this to both Ian's guys. Oh, gosh, I'd have to think. Rodrigo and me have an old man chat. Okay. Uh, my my favorite experience was probably, uh, it was probably that, I don't know, it was probably that moment in the first Horror Realm I attended where it was like me, T-Shirt Joe, Kyle, Rick Fossman, Ed Quillen, and I think maybe you were there, Tim, and I was recording Rick on my iPhone and Ed talking about, like, Rick was just making stuff up, and he's talking about how, like, he once made up that he was in a band and that he played saxophone, and there's this whole story, and he was doing these jokes and stuff. And, like, I remember that as being a, one of my favorite memories. My other favorite memory was being drunk on crack and sat behind out of print Dan's table uh, in the main yes. room and the theater kid coming up. Uh, with uh, oh the theater kid, their, their, their boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, non-sexual, asexual tree being, or whatever the hell it was, transmission <laughs> transmission fluid kid, and uh, yeah, that was that was hilarious. Just because I I, I don't think Carl stopped laughing yeah, for like three hours. Just going outside, just sitting outside of Horror Realm, the first one that we were all at, <coughs> and John Cross coming out pissed, screaming. I'm sick and tired of being told I'm wrong all the time. <laughs> about when the theater kids like we're yelling at you. I always talk about how I was trying to convince Ed Demko to steal the cookie truck with me. <laughs> that was sitting outside. We should, oh man, when ah, oh, there was another cool memory. Like uh, the first one, we were out. I was out smoking with Ed with Demko, having yes. a wrestling chat. With, oh yes. With uh, adorable Adrian Adonis's son, and he was telling me all kinds. Yeah, of yeah. Forgot about that. That was my awesome. f- my my favorite experience from the second horror realm was was seeing Patricia in the hospital, but then also driving back in Bryce Katzman's car, sitting in the front with Bryce and uh, and Bryce saying. Some completely unrepeatable, outrageously non-PC stuff, well, that and just was, both of us like laughing our yeah, fucking tits off for the that whole was journey. When I was trying to confirm if a racial slur that I heard that I've never heard before was an actual racial slur, because <laughs> I've yes. never heard it before. And you were like, that "Yeah, was... that would be like something your grandma would say." And I was like, "Well, wow, never heard of that racial slur." Because uh, we also had ECW talk. Yeah. For like two hours. Tim Tim Wilder just asked the greatest question ever, which 
is is it okay to hold bootleg gross fest inside gross fest <laughs> yes yes just because so he go order pizzas and we just sit there and watch movies yeah hash, hashtag bootleg gross fest <laughs> uh I'm trying to th- i forget who asked us but somebody asked have you ever been transported in an ambulance I have. That was uh, T-shirt Joe. Yeah, I've been transported in an ambulance, and it wasn't fun. Uh, I've never, trans- I've never been in an ambulance. I, I, I did not have the pleasure of being transported in an ambulance with a finely mulleted Eric Roberts, though. <laughs> I, it is. A, you want me to tell? It's a funny story. It has uh, Silent Brian is involved? Okay. Okay. So my best friend Silent Brian and me had an apartment about four miles from the hospital. And I had, like, my lung, something in my chest had been, like, messed up for, like, almost a month. And I'm the kind of guy that, like, if you would shoot me in the chest or stab me, I'm not going to the I'd never go to the hospital for anything. But basically, one night, I got paralyzed. And I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I thought I was having a heart attack. And this was about 15 years ago, so... I'm probably 27, uh, maybe 20, 25, 24, I don't know. I'm about that age, and I'm paralyzed, and Brian's asleep on the couch. I can't move, and it feels like I'm getting stabbed. So, basically, I, I kick my shoes off, and, and with my feet, I kick him at Brian, and we didn't even have a phone. I made him walk up to the store and call 911, because I thought I was having a heart attack. So they get there, they get me to the hospital in the ambulance, and I have this shit called pleurisy. Have you ever heard of this stuff? It sounds familiar, but I'm not totally sure. You had pleurisy? Yeah. Jeez, you know what like Sigourney the... Weaver had in Alien 3? You must be the only person <laughs> in the 21st century to have had pleurisy. <laughs> I'm pretty what... sure that's like a medieval disease. No, no, you're thinking of polio, maybe. I don't know. I had the black plate. No, pleurisy is where you have a sack outside that around your lung and that sac it's a virus that sack around your lung gets inflamed and then it scrapes against your actual lung and what it feels like is someone takes a knife and dips it in the coldest water ever and stabs you and leaves the knife there but it's i guess it's just a virus you get and they gave me some pills and a couple shots and put me off work for a month and i was fine it just got. I'm scared. You get the most I'm, random. I am scared to death to this day that shit will come back because it is fucking. You, you get like the most random diseases or conditions that people haven't I'm, had. I'm telling you, like uh, since only, leprosy was still around. Yeah, <laughs> only three, only three people in the whole of the 21st century have ever had pleurisy, and I'm pretty sure like two of them were 107 and lived in Bahrain or somewhere. <laughs> Oh my! Uh, Terrence Maine wants to know when is Gross Fest? Hashtag Gross Fest. Twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Gross Fest. Uh, I got a I got a question here before it goes away. Okay. Uh, from Joshua Loscar, if Yins, if I gotta look, if Yins was making a movie where you could feature the Pittsburgh Penguins like Sudden Death, where you couldn't feature the real players and instead had to recast them with your favorite B movie actors, who would you choose? Well, first off, I don't know if you guys know this, uh, Jay Caulfield, who's in Sudden Death playing for the Penguins at that time, 
uh, had to keep his jersey on because he was built bigger than Jean-Claude Van Damme. And there's an actual scene out there that they filmed, and it shows Jean-Claude Van, uh, Van Damme next to Jay Caulfield, and it kind of helps Jay Caulfield's like four inches taller than him, oh, or Van five Dam- inches Van taller. Dam- Van Damme's a midget. Yeah, like Caulfield's like, we're talking like 6'2", six, 6'3", two, six, 250, and just looks like you would never mess with that guy ever. And to this day, Caulfield is one of the commentators in between the intermissions, like, for the hockey games yeah. on the local station here, that dude in person is scary as hell. That dude is in his 50s and looked like he could basically beat up everybody I would ever know. Because uh, I've seen him recently to a game I went to, and the seats were near where they do their intermission work at. And it's just like, Jay Caulfield, what's up? And high-fived them and walked away, and I was like, that motherfucker's a big fucking dude. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So would you put Rucker Hauer on ice? Oh, it would be Rucker Hauer, Lance Henriksen. Uh, who else can we get in there? John McBride, just because. Um, Reggie Bannister. Reggie, Reggie Bannister, but we need a big dude to be the goaltender, so it'll be uh, Black Show Beekler. The Big Show. Yeah, but he's not a B movie actor. I want Beekler to sure be in goal. He is, man. He's in a lot of crappy movies. Big Show is <laughs> well, yeah, That's true. B movie actor, and I want to see a seven foot four. 400 pounds. No, I, no, I tell, no, I tell you who we have as the goalie. Um, oh fuck, I'm gonna forget his name now. But Larry Drake. Um, Larry Drake. No, Larry. no, the dude from uh, uh, Fletch Lives and Raising Arizona, and uh, oh, oh, that dude, he's Randall, dead too. Randall Tex Cobb. Yeah, Randall he's dead too. Yeah. No, Tex Cobb's not dead. I, I'm telling you. Yeah, he's dead Randall Tex Cobb is dead, dude. He, he is. He can't be dead. He's, I, he's very I, I, dead. He's dead. What about what about the dude with the funny eye, the Gibb guy from uh, Donald Gibb? Donald Gibb. Donald Gibb. <laughs> I love that. Donald over. Gibb is Donald Gibb is Tim Gross's personal spirit animal. Yes, what I want Donald if, Gibb on the ice too. What about if we have we have Gibb, we have MC Ganey, and we have uh, Randall Tex Cobb. King Kong Bundy. And if R.G. Armstrong is not dead yet, I want him on there. Yeah. I think R.G. Armstrong's dead. <laughs> We're a all dead hockey team. Yeah, here. Here, John, this one's for you. Watch this. Look at this. <laughs> Upside down, dead Kamala. Oh, I, I, can't, I can't quite. Oh, hang on. Your, your video is behind uh, in time. I can hear you before I can my, see it. So my, uh, She's dreaming, dude. It's weird. The, the dog is dreaming, and her little... She's upside down on my lap. Dreaming. We have a couple more questions, people. Uh, Patricia Stevens wants to know, who's your favorite zombie character and why? Oh, who's my favorite zombie character? Oh. Uh, I don't know. Totally the old, la- the old lady zombie head from the end of Return of the Living Dead Part 2. To get that damn screwdriver out of my head, yeah. Yes. I like her. Um... Oh, now I can see it, Carl. Now your video is coming up. Yeah. Um, Tully Blanchard on ice. That's what Joe says. I'm with Joe. <laughs> Tully Blanchard uh, on my, ice should just be in a, its own movie. Who's my favorite zombie character? And I Joe gotta be traditional. Joe wants ice. I gotta be traditional. I, I gotta be traditional and go Bob. I think from Day of the Dead. That's yeah. all I can come up with. Yeah, Big Daddy's. I like Big Daddy, but 
Tell, tell T-Shirt Joe, if he's bringing up Iceman Par- uh, Parsons, I want Pistol Pez Watley. <laughs> Joe, if you're bringing up Iceman <laughs> King Parsons, Tim wants Pistol P- Pistol, Pistol Pez Watley. Pistol Pez Watley on ice. Josh Teeter. Can I ask a, can I, can I ask a question, guys, very quickly? Does oh, yeah. E- does Evil Ash count as a zombie character? Nah. Not even Dead Evil Ash in Army of Darkness. See, I was kind of even wondering if Ted Raimi in the witch, the big fat witch suit, does that even, yeah, count as a zombie? Oh, Henrietta. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I would probably go Evil Ash in Army of Darkness, Henrietta and Bub, uh, and Tar Man as my four top four. Yeah, Tar Man. I always forget that is a zombie. Uh, Josh from down the way wants to know how would John Cross's beard fare in a fight with Kurt Russell's beard? And are there any celebrity beards that John's beard could definitely be? Well, you're not. Yeah. You're, no, John Cross's beard does not. No one beats jo- beat Kurt Russell's beard. No one could beat Kurt Russell's beard. No, no one beats Kurt Russell's beard, and no one beats Brian Blessed's beard. Like they are right. two hallowed beards that just are never beaten. Um, my beard, like someone said, I think it was Terrence said. Uh, Chuck Norris. My beard could definitely beat Chuck Norris's beard. Like my beat, my beard would drag Chuck Norris's wimpy pussy stubble beard up and down a fucking road for hours, beating the living <laughs> shit out of it. <laughs> my beard would strangle Chuck Norris's weak ass three day stubble girl fest that he can apparently calls a fucking beard. It would wipe the fucking floor with him. Uh, I could also probably kill Johnny Depp with my beard because Johnny Depp's beard is just fucking nothing. Yeah, Johnny Depp's it's, got weak beard game. It's like pube. It's like he. It's like he put glue on his face, uh, sneezed, and fell over into some unused pubes. Uh, so I could definitely beat his beard. Um, who else's beard could I could I defeat? Um, it's probably quicker to just say the beards I couldn't. Brian yeah. Blessed. Anyone uh, in Tombstone, uh, you're not beating anybody in Tombstone. Nobody in Tombstone. There's no way. Sam, I mean, Sam Elliott's mustache. I mean, let's be fair. Sam Elliott's mustache, hands down, beats almost every single beard outside uh-huh. of Kurt Russell's. True. I think it really does. Silent uh, Brian's beard could beat your beard. Silent Brian yeah. has an excellent fucking beard now. It's yeah, he does. Holy crap. That's true. T-shirt. Oh, oh sorry, I, my, my beard beats T-shirt Joe's beard, though. Them, them's fine words. <laughs> I was just going to say, T-shirt Joe wants to know, have you ever owned or rode a motorcycle? Nope. 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 I did as a kid quite a few times. My mom had, like, his biker boyfriend. Was it Black Jack Mulligan? No, but she did at one point. I swear to God, you can ask my brother, she did date Blackjack Mulligan for two weeks. <laughs> Joe says Alan Moore's beard beats all beard competitors. <laughs> I think he might be right. I don't know. Silent Brian's beard is pretty righteous. Yeah, except Alan Moore is like a really, really miserable old fuck who ruins everything for everyone. So, like, I think that fucks... <laughs> points off his beard i think that removes beard points so you could be a really old miserable fuck and you lose beard points yeah no 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 meaning you not like alan moore needlessly ruins things for people like if you're an old miserable guy with an amazing beard and you're ruining stuff for like hipsters and theater kids that's fine 
Um, but if if you're like a really old dude and you're just ruining shit for the sake of it, even oh no, this okay, this explains it, Carl. Okay. If you are miserable and ruining shit for people, even when they're paying you millions of dollars, then fuck your beard. That's oh, do you see who's on chat now, Tim Gross? I I think I know who. Sandy Tom Gross. Yeah, Sandy from Horror Realm told me to tell you stop smoking. I know it. I need to stop smoking. And but yeah, also too, when I was about ten, I had this friend named John Sean. We used to build jumps in the alleyway, you know, so we could jump our bikes off and die of a horrible death. And he stole this small little like HR50 Honda motorcycle. It's like a mini bike. And basically, I took off on it, on off on a jump, didn't know where the brakes were, ran it into a tree. Shit. <laughs> and you didn't go to the hospital. In a, in I didn't go to the hospital. But yes, I my mom's biker boyfriend named Tim also used to ride me around on his Harley all the time. <laughs> That's cool. Kyle, Kyle, do you remember that restaurant we all ate in this time around in Horror Realm when we were there? And it had that like weird little midget uh, dwarf dude in the corner who was like a old gold prospector. Prospector, prospector. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> His beard could beat mine. <laughs> that is a pretty righteous beard. Yeah. Um, hold on, Tom Gross. Uh, Keanu yeah. Reeves or, or John Cross. Um, I, I've got a better beard. Yeah, Keanu Reeves uh, has a weird beard. Yeah. His beard is like. It shows up at some points, but doesn't at others. It's weird. Uh, breaking news, supposedly Powers Booth died, but it might be a hoax. Oh, no, Powers Booth did not die. Are you serious? That's, you know, Powers Booth can't die. Some people put it out there on Twitter. Supposedly this started with Bo Bridges on Twitter oh. earlier today. And Guys, people were trying to... on, can anybody on Facebook Live confirm that Powers Booth died? This is what people. Uh, no, are... it's act, actor killed by celebrity death hoax. Oh, it's a okay. hoax. Not act Shit. That's what uh, I said. Maybe. Okay. Never mind. Price uh, diverted. News of actor Powers Booth death spread quickly earlier this week, uh, causing concern amongst fans across the world. However, the May 2017 report has now been confirmed as a complete hoax. Well, wait a minute. Yeah. Bo Bridges Sorry. is still alive. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Bridges was just at the Kentucky Derby with his brother Jeff Bridges. The dude? The dude goes to the, the Derby? The dude goes to the Derby, dude. Nice. Yeah. Okay, I think I'm done on questions here. Uh, Kyle. We got, got a couple. Part? What's the best Pauly Shore movie? There isn't hmm. one. Oh, uh, bullshit. Son in Law is pretty good. I like Son in Law. And Encino Man is excellent. He is in. He's uh, all the juice. If he's not in Chopping Mall, he's in Phantom, Phantom of the, of the Mall. Mall. Eric Surveyor. Yeah, that's that's his best movie. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, who's got the nicer cock, <laughs> Keanu Reeves or Polly Shore? <laughs> Who the hell's asking that? Zachary Wells. Oh wow, he's been a while since he's asked any questions. I don't know anything. Uh, their cocks are nice. I'm going to say they got nice cocks. Sure. I don't know. How many, how many bag? I've got a question for okay. you, Kyle. How many bagels, uh, <laughs> how many bagels does, uh, lazy eye Forrest Whitaker eat on a daily uh, basis? Oh shit. That guy probably eats a lot of bagels. Have you I'm seen go- take three? 
yeah. See it? See, my brother terrible. proved it. He yeah, did. Your see, brother my... did confirm that your mom did bait Blackjack Mulligan. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but yeah, uh, La- Lazy Eye Whitaker has eaten all the bagels. That's a news report I just read. <laughs> uh, there's a bagel shortage because. Wait a minute. There's a bagel shortage because Forrest Whitaker ate all the bagels. Yes, <laughs> and the golf came down in Ukraine because he ate all the smoked meats. If you yeah no, if you put if you put Whitaker and Seagal <laughs> in a supermarket, there's literally nothing left within three minutes. Hands down, everything. <laughs> so you uh, so you're saying Seagal and Forrest Whitaker would have won on those old uh, uh, when those people Leap. would go through those yeah, yeah. supermarket supermarket Leap was a badass show, dude. Yeah, except Seagal would have bankrupted them because he would have demanded so much money to be on the show that uh, they probably couldn't afford him. He also would have killed the uh, producer's puppy with a tank. Look at my dog. is so dead, she doesn't want to move. (laughs) My dog is so dead, she's not moving. T-shirt Joe wants to know, May is National Masturbation Month. How are you celebrating? By looking at sweet-ass pictures of Gianna Michaels you post, Joe. (laughs) I'm surprised he dead. hasn't started a fan page. Yet. I think my dog is legitimately dead. Look, she will not move. <laughs> oh, there, she's alive. She's alive. Jesus. Okay. T- Tim Wilder wants to know if you had to take a chair shot, would you take it from Chris Jericho or La Parca? Oh, I would. I would have to take it from La Parca. Damn right. Damn right, because he is the chairman. He's the chairman of the WCW. Yes, he is. Okay, so we got about five more minutes. Get any more questions? Now's the time. I was gonna say I'm all out of questions. I believe. Yeah, uh, let's 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 go to the movie reviews, guys, because I probably only got about 20 more minutes that I can hang on in here. All so right. uh, let's do because I didn't watch um, Chopper Check. So let's do the ambulance and yeah. then um, yeah. Well, that sounds uh, good. you heard it. Facebook what's the other? Live. John Koss has a hard a hard out. We got to get out of here. So thanks for stopping by, and we're gonna keep doing this. This was a good one. Bye, Joe. Bye, everybody. Gross Fest 2018, make it happen. Hashtag Gross Fest. Hashtag That's what I'm going to be doing to celebrate May Masturbation Month is uh, I will be uh, not masturbating for money uh, for Gross Fest. Hashtag Gross Fest 2018. You heard it here. John Cross has committed to celibacy until Gross Fest 2018 happens, everybody. So we're no, out of here. Not celibacy, just There's I'm no just not in. masturbating. Okay. We're out of here, everybody. Okay. Let's talk about the ambulance. John Cross fucking found a good one. One man's obsession with a beautiful woman. Somebody call an ambulance, okay? Is about to become a nightmare. Will you look at this computer print out all on missing persons reports in the last two weeks? For all of New York City. There are others. Yes, there are many others. This is her lieutenant. What exactly do you think happened? I don't know. Did you do something to that girl yourself? One of those psychopaths who kills girls and goes to the police to tell stories. I don't know anything about your dead woman in the park, okay? I was just trying to get away from them. Now he must find the truth. An ambulance that picks up New Yorkers and they're never seen or heard from again. A vehicle of mercy that's really. Well, what do you know? What is wrong with you? If you found the ambulance, she's in trouble. 
No. The ambulance. I promise you, you're going to be in perfect health before you die. Isn't that nice? Yeah, so this was a complete surprise to me. Um, basically because uh, there was this Larry whoa, Cohen fest. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What the fuck just happened, man? Oh, no. K- fucking Kamala's going crazy. I think there might be a ghost in my house. She's barking at nothing. It's just going out of control. She's staring at the ceiling, barking like, what's wrong, dog? You were in a minute sleep, and like you just jumped. Okay, never mind. You're going to get ghost raped tonight by Gregory Hines. I think the ghost of Gregory Hines just came into the house. The dog just fucking went from completely asleep to absolutely fucking bonkers. It's okay. Kamala fucking hates tap dancing. Oh, man. Uh, So... (laughs) Uh, so no, the ambulance. All right. So there was this Larry Cohen fest last week uh, at the New York cinema called the quad. Um, and which by the way, interesting enough was the first multi-screen cinema in New York city back in the seventies um, before wow. uh, it then closed for a while and then reopened. Um, but yes, yeah, so they were doing this Larry Cohen thing and they were doing a whole bunch of Larry Cohen screenings and da 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 da. And we already had a thing booked for Saturday, so I couldn't go to any of the Saturday screenings. And then the three screenings on Sunday were the ambulance, the stuff and cue the winged serpent. And I just mm. seen the arrow Blu-ray of the stuff and, and, like really recently and covered it on the show and various other things. So I didn't, I felt like, okay, I won't do that, but I'm going to do the ambulance cause I've never fucking heard of it. And it's got Eric Roberts in it and I'm going to do Q cause it's hands down my favorite Larry Cohen film of all time. So, um, they, that's the way I picked the movie, the ambulance. I knew nothing about it. Like I thought he would be like maybe an ambulance chasing lawyer or there would be an evil car movie like Carl said or something like I didn't know what it was going to be. I certainly didn't think he was going to be a cartoonist who worked for Marvel comics with yeah full Stanley cameo and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, with a, with a massive mullet who goes out onto the streets of New York and spots a woman that he sees every single day when he's going out for his lunchtime, uh, food. And uh, on this particular day, he leaves his friend from Marvel Comics, who, by the way, we never see again in the entirety of the movie, uh, runs over to this uh, strange woman, uh, starts chatting her up, starts asking her out, starts basically harassing her. Uh, The next thing you know, uh, she's uh, having a uh, fainting spell, fainting fit, um, brought about, uh, she thinks, by her um, uh, diabetes. 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 Um, and uh, an ambulance shows up uh, and drags her into the back, and a weird guy in a limousine nearby says she's already been picked up, and then the ambulance drives away. And then basically the movie transpires that you find out that a weird doctor who's fascinated with the Beatus has been stealing diabetics from the streets of New York to do uh, wild experiments on them, and then even when after they're cured of all the Beatus um, and his uh, experiment has gone right, he kills them. Um and uh, his hospital is above a 1980s like disco goth club, um, at, like a retro disco goth club, like it's just mad like disco. <laughs> um, Eric Roberts, uh, even without knowing the woman's last name, uh, spends the rest of what seems like kind of what is it two days, three days, like 72 hours, basically. Yeah. Um, 
trying to find this woman who's been taken away from the ambulance. Uh, in the meantime, the ambulance picks up a bunch more people that kind of leads them to the clues that it's all about the fetus. James Earl Jones shows up as a, uh, a chewing gum addicted, uh, anxiety ridden uh, detective who doesn't believe him at all. Um, uh, Eric Roberts, mullet gets beaten up by the warriors in a junkyard uh, <laughs> yeah, bootleg warriors. Those dudes the bootleg are even warriors. scary. Yeah. yeah, the bootleg warriors. Um, he falls for those a fuckers. Female the, those fuckers were the bootlegs of the bootlegs of the Escape from New York guys. Or, uh, they they were the bootleg of the bootleg street trash. Yeah. Is what yes. Uh, I swear that was the same junkyard as used in street trash. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if it was. Uh, I kept expecting to see heads exploding and people vomiting green liquid everywhere. Uh, but no, so basically no, it's football. kind of, it's kind of like 48 hours in the life of Eric Roberts trying to hunt down this woman, having the worst time ever in New York City. Uh, he gets beaten to a point where no human male would still be walking. Uh, <laughs> he gets hit by cars and shit like this. Uh, he befriends a, old man stand-up comedian newspaper reporter who's always making jokes and taking pictures with a crazy old camera um and uh it's really well designed it's really well filmed it's kind of kick-ass it's funny it's weird it's a new york film uh from the end of the 80s which is always my fucking favorite i love new york films it's filmed very guerrilla style on the streets of new york because Larry Cohen never paid for a, a, a permit in his life. He just used to fucking do stuff and get away with it. Good job. Because he was Larry Cohen. It looks like it, but that's a good thing, though, too. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, and James Earl Jones probably has the... Uh, considering James Earl Jones's actor credentials, like he's mm -hmm. a proper theater actor, voice of Darth Vader, very serious. We always know him as this kind of very imposing dude. He has the silliest death ever committed yes <laughs> to screen uh uh by an actor of his stature i mean there's sillier deaths in film obviously um but th this is like the silliest death of an actor of his stature um it's 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 quite incredible the way he dies i absolutely love this film i i watched it from start to finish at the, on the big screen just thinking like where has this film been in my life um because from the mullet to the way that the ambulance is designed to the fact that this like creepy mustachio doctor is working above a nightclub filling people with beta uh, uh solving <laughs> problems and then killing them and uh you know just every kind of mad set piece horses running wild in the streets and you know no one writes a film like larry cohen nobody does like larry cohen just writes all these mad characters and crazy jokes and weird ass shit and i just i fucking love it like anyone who's watched q or the stuff or god told me to or any of his movies you're always like half of you is like i first of all you've never seen a film like it secondly you're like what all these characters are mad thirdly jokes come from left field in the middle of a really serious bits and you know larry Cohen just has this really interesting fucking uh attitude and and style to him that i can't get over definitely one of my favorite new york filmmakers of this period 70s and 80s so uh, i would strongly suggest um tracking it down but what i really want to hear is what carl and tim thought of it that's really what i want to hear tonight well i loved it because th there's just so much like like goofy shit thrown in a blender and it just comes out on this fucking movie like i i don't we we talked about this last week there's a like 
we covered Angel Heart last week, and I liked it. Kind, I don't know if I liked kind it. Kind of. I yeah. kind of liked it, but like the Mickey Rourke Angel Heart. Yeah, Mickey Rourke and Eric Roberts I love that are just like two dudes that can just put me off a fucking movie right now instantly, and just don't care. Eric Roberts is so fucking sleazy, but that's why you get Eric Roberts. And the mullet is fucking five-star. I love the ambulance. I thought, yeah, it was kind of interesting. I didn't know, I'd never heard of this movie until you said, this is what I'm going to do. Never heard of it. I'm like, I'm looking, I'm reading about it. I'm like, is this a killer, this might be like a killer car movie that could be cool. I like that. Eric Roberts doesn't annoy the shit out of me in this movie. And yeah, man, that fucking James Earl Jones death. I'm like, really? You're treating Tulsa Doom that way? Come on, man. It's just fucking bizarre. But yeah, this movie is one to go look for. It is just weird. And fucking, yeah, Larry Cohen's awesome, dude. I loved it. It's fucking, I'm going to give it four and a half out of five. Well, what, what about the sequence where uh, Eric Roberts believes he's been poisoned and he like goes and knocks on his neighbor's door and he's like sweating and Roberts... throwing himself all over the place? And I was just like, it was it was beyond overacting. Yeah, there's I'm not overacting. Sure he knows what he's doing in this movie. No, there's overacting, and then there's Eric Roberts in a Larry Cohen movie yeah. overacting, yeah. and you've never seen anything quite like Eric Roberts thinking he's about to be sick, thro- like literally throwing his body around like the middle mezzanine floor of an apartment building was just fucking hilarious. Yeah, Eric Roberts is I'm not sure a good actor. <laughs> I think he's kind of terrible. I don't like that guy. But he's in everything. Yeah, he is in everything, and he will be in anything for a ham sandwich. But True. what do you think about it, Tim? I loved it. I thought it was great. I enjoyed it because it was definitely, like Larry Cohen, I was definitely interested as soon as I seen that in the credits, and I didn't know that's uh, whose film it was, so I was up for it. And then Eric Roberts, James Earl Jones, and then it's just like Victor Newman from Young and the Restless in this ambulance, and I just didn't know what to think at first, but... I love and I just enjoyed like John was talking about how it's shot. That is always fun. I love the way some movies are shot in New York and especially Larry Cohen does a great job, but I just love that paramedic station wagon, old style kind of thing. It was hilarious. But did you know the chick cop is actually Lance Hendrickson's wife in the millennium TV series? Nice. No, I did not know that. Yes, that's where, because as soon as she came on screen, I was like, I know her. And I looked it up and made sure, yep, she was the wife of Frank Black in Millennium, which was awesome. I really enjoyed this. I give it three out of four stars. It just, this was a great find, John. This is a type of, like, non-horror movie I love finding or just being... I'm not sure this movie knows what kind of genre it is. That's it. I was going to say, you, yeah, I, it's kind of like if you're going to give it any type of label, it's kind of a thriller. Yeah. But it doesn't play that much because, like, you were, John was saying about John uh, James Earl Jones' death. It is it is uh, the Steven Seagal machete death mm-hmm. tales in comparison how James Earl Jones died. That was just ridiculous. And an actor with his credentials. I couldn't stop laughing for five minutes after that. And it just, 
this really, really particular odd storyline that they're stealing women with diabetes. Yeah, like they're not, I don't go. They're not <laughs> just trying like, to cure cancer or AIDS. Nope, diabetes. Yes, diabetes. <laughs> it, it like literally made no sense. <laughs> if if Wilfred Brimley had been in the movie, is Wilford it a better Brimley film? Would have fucked that dude up, man. Wilfred what Brimley, if Brimley was the what if Brimley was the doctor? Like instead of that tall, thin, dark haired dude, what if it was Brimley with his mustache and he was like just saying beat us? Like it just kept cutting back to him. He just got beat us. So like would that be a better movie? Let's remake this movie. We're going to put Wilford Brimley in it and he is trying to not cure diabetes but make it worse so he can have like more employment. <laughs> what? Well, what even gave it an even more of legit? Like, street cred of a film. Red Buttons is in this fucking movie. Oh, dude. Yeah. Who knows just who Red like, Buttons Holy is, though, yeah. crap. Just shuffling down that old folks' dome hallway. Red Buttons. And but, Red, Red Buttons is hilarious in this film. Yes. Like, he's really funny. And he really makes it. But, like, to, to explain this film to people who, who, like, don't really get it. This was a scene in the movie. Eric Roberts... Uh, trying to track down this woman who doesn't know what his last name is. He draws a picture of her because he's a cartoon artist for Marvel um, and, and puts her first name on it. And he's like, have you seen this woman? And he's walking up and down the very, very busy area of like sixth and seventh Avenue in Midtown around the, the top 40, 47th street up to about 52nd street on Avenue sixth uh, Avenue and seventh Avenue. He's walking around. Blah, blah, blah. And finally he comes across her, uh, roommate or the woman who claims to be uh, his, her roommate, uh, which isn't unusual because like in New York in a weird way, like roommates do work near each other. They'll work in the same building or whatever it is like it. That would that it that wouldn't actually be unheard of. But when he sits down with her, like it's the weirdest scene, like instead of just like sitting down with her and like most exposition scenes in a movie would just be like, Oh, this is her name. And this is where she comes from. And you know, she hasn't come home and blah, 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 blah. They sit down and Eric, like it's lunchtime or early, early uh, morning or something. And uh, he goes, Oh, can I get you a drink? And out of nowhere, she just goes, yes, I'll have a pina colada. (laughs) 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 Makes like that, that explains like Larry Cohen's writing to a T it's set up a simple scene where Eric Roberts just has to get information out of her thing, but throw into the mix something like pina colada, which first of all, you wouldn't order in New York. Secondly, like you certainly wouldn't order at that time of day. Like none, none of it makes any sense. It's a detail in the scene that isn't necessary at all, but somehow just her saying that gives you like a laugh and suddenly the scene you're into the scene. And that kind of explains Larry Cohen's writing. It's like in Q when the construction workers are at the top of the building and uh, uh, they're, 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 they're arguing over the dude's lunch because some guy's always stealing the construction guy's lunch. And then when he goes down to get his empty lunchbox, Q kills him. And then it cuts back to another construction worker who goes, I think I'm going to visit his wife and tell him how, tell her how much I like her sandwiches. <laughs> like, it's, it's that kind of thing where you're like, none of that needs to be in the movie, but because it's in the movie, it makes it great, you know? Yeah. I loved it. I loved it, it. it was a this, definitely funny-ass movie. Is this, like, legitimately out? I think it's on that Warner Archives-type print-on-demand service. Um, I looked it up. You can get it on DVD. I don't think it's made the leap to blue, though, but uh. you can get it on um, 
Amazon, I believe, uh, on on just like a regular old DVD, unless it's one of these things where it's like only sold by third party vendors for five hundred bucks. No, it's on DVD. I mean, okay, it's 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 twenty bucks if you buy it new uh, on DVD, which is probably a bit expensive. But they've got some used and new options for like fourteen bucks and below. So maybe check that out. Yeah, or maybe check out. Maybe check out like eBay or something or uh, or or one of those things. It's not a Warner Archives. It looks like it's like an MGM uh, one-time only release. Like it looks like yeah. they released it once in fucking 2005 and haven't released it since, kind of thing. Well, anyway, let's let's move on. I think you picked the winner here, Tim, John Cross. Uh, Thank you, guys. Let's talk about fucking No Escape. I want to see prisoner 2675. I run a multinational business here, Mr. Robbins. Basically, I take human garbage from around the world and I reprocess it. You will have no future contact with the outside world. No visitors, no phone calls, no letters. For all intents and purposes, you're dead. Was there anything you wanted to add? To never turn your back on me again. Prisoner 2675 has been delivered, sir. Welcome to Vacation Paradise. Enjoy. I could use a man like you. We appear to have an opening. And what if I say no? That would be very disappointing. Prisoner 2675 is alive. He's at the insider's camp. What is this place? Sanctuary, Mr. Robbins. We've created a new society here, a civilized one. We live under constant threat from the outsiders. He's military trained, you realize that? Somebody taught him to kill. You have proven yourself a highly resourceful man. We'd like you to join us. All I want to do is get off this island. I'm going to kill you. You want it? Come and get it. I I had to get on John Cross here. I had to get on his ass for never. John's never seen No Escape. And I was like, really? And well, what's what's incredible about No Escape is it literally comes off the back like it it is it is released after both Fortress movies come out yeah. and after Woodlock comes out and obviously then you go back to like the eighties where you've got like Escape from New York and various other kind of like the future and or space prison escape movie is a genre kind of unto itself really. Um, and, but this one, no escape manages to take that concept and then like add a whole bunch of other stuff to it. Cause it's sort of like Lord of the flies. It's sort of like Mad Max. It's sort of like, uh, 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 all sorts. Of, I mean, I can't think there's a whole bunch of, it's like 14 movies mashed into one kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and the best thing it has going for it is its cast, which is incredible. Yeah. Uh, it's a really great cast. 
Um, but I, I can't say like for me, and again, maybe it's just me coming to it way too late, but um, I can't say it, it was one that uh, completely 100% won me over. I did have issues with it, but like I, I generally enjoyed it. I generally enjoyed it. For me, it's like a strong three star, but like uh, uh, I, I did have some like major problems. With I was it I was just shocked that John had never seen this being Mr. Action Movie Guy. Like how how and then, well, the, you know I was I was like kind of paying attention on Facebook and I was like I don't think a lot of people have seen this movie. Like, no, I don't think it. I don't think it's as popular as maybe it should be. I mean, it's it's directed by Martin Campbell. Who people will know, uh, especially if you're into like the Bond franchise. Mm-hmm. Martin Campbell has done a lot of uh, the Bond films, specifically GoldenEye and Casino Royale, both of which were like, or are considered the most successful film of that actor. So everyone likes GoldenEye and everyone likes Casino Royale, even if you don't like the other Daniel Craig or Brosnan ones. Um, he uh, also did sort of The Mask of Zorro and various things like that. Um, I think he did. Didn't he do some other Bond films like even before then? It was Goldeneye. No, Goldeneye was his first one. Yeah. Um, but he's also worked. Hasn't he worked in? I thought he'd worked in stunts. Oh, maybe not. I thought he'd worked in stunts. Maybe I'm wrong with that. Maybe I'm thinking of someone else. But um, yeah. So No Escape. Uh, he directs that, and it stars uh, Ray Liotta, uh, Lance Henriksen, Stuart Wilson, uh, who grew up where I went to college in Guildford in England. Um, Kevin Dillon, uh, Kevin J. O'Connor, who I love, who should be in way more things. Yeah, you ain't, um, he's the best. Don Henson, uh, who people will know showed up in Brazil, but he's a British actor, uh, showed up uh, in, in a lot of Terry Gilliam's films. Don Henderson, he plays the mad old drunk guy who makes the, um, like... Uh, the, the hooch. The hooch. Yeah. The hooch. Thing. What's the word I'm thinking of? Um, oh, what's he Moonshine called? Yeah, I don't remember, but... He's got one arm. He's, yeah, he's a guy with one arm. Yeah, Ernie Hudson, Michael Lerner, and Ian McNeese are the other ones that you'd every, like really. Like you know. every B lister, like that you want in. Yeah, like I yeah, the, the cast is the best. And what'd you think about like this this basic movie? Uh, guy goes to prison for shooting his corporal in the face. Uh, goes to space prison or not space prison, but future prison. Michael Lerner's running the joint. Uh, and he's got his own private island where he just dumps people. And, you know, there's one group of outsiders, one group of insiders. Uh, run. They're the civilized people run by Lance Hendrickson and Ernie Hudson. And they're trying to get out and get the word out that, hey, there's uh, this real creepy island. Uh, there's some back and forth. Uh, what do you think about uh, this bad guy? Uh, i got to see who. I, I've never seen him. Oh no, Stuart Wilson! You have seen him. It's just he looks different in every movie he's in. Okay, um, that makes sense then, because I'm looking at his thing right now, and yeah, he has been in everything. The two films that most people will know him from uh, is Lethal Weapon Three. He plays. He's actually British, but he does a really good, like American sleazebag kind of role. Uh, he plays the bad guy in Lethal Weapon Three, the construction dude, and he is in Hot Fuzz. Uh, most recently as um, uh, as one of the like older group of people who they end up fighting at the end of the movie. Um, but uh, yeah, he's in Enemy of the State. Uh, people know him from that. He's actually in um, Edgar Wright's segment from Grindhouse. Uh, um, he shows up much earlier on in movies like... 
Uh, let me do, 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 go back to earlier in his career. Um, he's in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Jesus. Uh, he's in No Escape. He's in Exit to Eden. He's in Death and the Maiden. Um, he's in The Rock. Uh, he's in The Mask of Zorro. Um, so he's this like like British character actor, British TV character actor who did TV in England for most of his career in the 70s and 80s. And then like when he gets older, suddenly shows up in these big uh, Hollywood action movies. Yeah, this guy, he's like one of my favorite bad guys. He plays this guy named Merrick, and he is the leader of the Outsiders. And he's like their cannibalistic Mad Max throw-off guys. Like they're the he background looks like, news. Like, uh, he looks like Forrest... He looks like Forrest Whitaker in Battlefield Earth. No, you know what he is? He is... He's got, like, the dreads. Yeah, he's got the dreads. I love his armor. But he he plays this role like he went into it saying, I'm going to play Dr. Johnny Fever on Helium. (laughs) And he's the bad guy. He plays it like he's this Dr. Johnny Fever on Helium as a real estate guy. (laughs) So it's just the best. He's so funny. Uh, I love him. I think he steals the show, but man, yeah. I, Tim, what's your history with this movie? Because he does, I know he steals that, the show. I mean, yeah. Tim, Go ahead. Oh, I was waiting for thought, John. I thought John was he, saying something. Oh no, I think he's going. No, I, I oh, just okay. wanted to say a few bunch of things, but not here. Hello. Yeah, you're here. Can you, yeah. you hear me? Yeah, yeah. I think he's trying to. Die. I'm going to have to head out, but. Uh, John Cross is trying to die on us, I think. He said he was going to head out. No, no, no. I'm saying oh, I just okay. want to say okay. I'm saying I just want to say a few things before I head out just quickly on this movie if that's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, no. Uh, no, I was just saying like he is the best thing in it. Um I think I think it has really great production value. It's from the producer of um The Terminator. Um Yeah. Uh, what's her name? And also The Walking Dead. Um, is it Anne Michelle Hurd? What's her name? Uh, Gabriel um, Hurd or some shit like that. Yeah, it's, it's Gail Ann Hurd. There you go. Yeah, Gail Ann Hurd. Gail yeah. Ann Hurd. That's it. Okay. So it's got really great production value. Um, a great cast. I think the problem with it is it's it's overly long. It really is overly long. Yeah, and the other problem that. is that it. It really doesn't have like a central thing. Like once he goes down onto the, the island, the uh, thing that they're all working towards kind of changes every ten minutes, uh, which sort of becomes kind of frustrating because you kind of lose interest in any of the things they're trying to achieve. And also the fact that the actual premise of the film and then the premise of what they're trying to do. Uh, about the situation they find themselves in, neither of that makes any sense whatsoever. Like, it, the, the, we're told at the beginning that he's in futuristic space prison, wherever he is, and that essentially they are sent there out of the world to die. Like, the ultimate goal will be they will die, right? So all Michael Lerner and the government, I presume, wants them to do is die. And I understand, like, prisons are privatized in the future, which is one of the things this film actually gets right, is yeah. that, like, prisons are privatized in the future. And, and there's also this whole thing that he did, like, this dodgy raid in Benghazi, which is also really weird that it has that, like, future echo to it as well. Um, but once he's down uh, on the... Uh, it doesn't make any sense that you would send all these people to... Uh, if all their plan is is to... Keep, 
uh, if you must send them to the island, then once they're on the island and they're being killed by each other, why would then Michael Lerner, who keeps cropping up throughout the film, yeah. why would he care if they were raiding each other's um, places? And why would he care if they were killing each other? And why would he like send gunships to stop it and like all this other stuff? Like if, if it was a killing- business. And I think he was doing it illegally. Oh, yeah. And that's why they, that's, had the mon- they were monitoring all the heat signals. Yeah. Right, but, I mean, even so, if the ultimate point is for them to die and they're killing each other, just let them continue to kill each other. Like, it didn't... And also, it, it never made any sense to me why Stuart Wilson would be like, I have this entire island, but what I really want is this like one acre square little wooden hut full of like peaceful old people and Lance Hendrickson. Well, I, think I they, have I to think have they, this area. I think they try to address that in the scene where he, he gathers all the gangs together and then comes out with the bag of heads. And yeah. He says, I just want to run the show. Right. But I know. So, so my point is, is like the only reason I started to think about those plot points was that the movie is two hours long. Had the movie been like, 85 minutes or 90 minutes and it was just action and stupid one-liners and crazy villains and mad costumes and all the rest of it i would have been like totally fine with it but give me that extra half hour and i start thinking like okay what's actually going on and you know one minute he has to get a a a a part for an engine from the other guy and then another bit they want to build this boat and then another bit he's trying to get the word out but then another bit they don't want to get the word out and it just kind of goes it kind of goes on and on and back and back and then there were gunships coming and then there aren't gunships coming and then like it just at a certain point I was just like okay this this movie's kind of doesn't quite know where it's all going right now and if it was a lean you know 90 minute like hard target right hard target it's quite simple you just let these people loose and it's the most dangerous game surviving the game kind of movie these people have to get killed and these people were trying to survive and da 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 like had it been more like that I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more um as it is i really loved the performances and i really loved the production value and i thought it was like decent for kind of like a mid-90s stupid uh you know future prison movie um but it wasn't i i i I can't say that like i i finished it and was like oh i'll watch that again anytime soon oh really yeah sorry guys oh man that's harsh yeah you're you're your criticisms about it being too long. Yeah, that I will. There is a lot of stuff in the middle there that you could cut out. Just get him there, get him to the camp. Oh, I've got, we've got this V8 engine, but we need a distributor cap. Well, guess what? I know where one is. That's, that's the end. Yeah. That... Oh, 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 there's one other point. This movie is far too interested in keeping Kevin Dillon alive. And yes. Kevin Dillon yeah. should have been, killed like ray liotta should have seen kevin dillon embedded a uh pickaxe into his face and moved on with the movie um (laughs) they were one b-level actor too strong yeah yeah oh and oh but there is there is an amazing effect in this movie there is one thing that happens in this movie that i was like okay i think i know what you're talking are you talking about the arrow into the mouth the flaming arrow going into the dude's mouth was fucking amazing exactly like they just really did that Yes. It's unbelievable, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking insane. I love this movie. I love the fights. I love the 
the fucking wardrobe. I love the, like, old, overgrown, paradise, like, timeshare thing that those guys have reappropriated into, like, Cannibal World. I like the fact that there's a mole in the camp. I think that's interesting. I like Dysart is probably my favorite character, the guy who, like, is the tinkerer and makes the boats and stuff. But I gotta ask... Okay, the big fat guy, the guy that hosts everybody when they get to the island, and he's all like... Ian McNeese. Yeah, uh, he is, like, I couldn't shake it this time. He's there because he's a child molester, right? He touched the kid. That's, that, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, yeah, I... I don't, I don't know, was it ever discussed? No, but boy, it sure seems like he touched the kids. <laughs> it, 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 I don't think it's discussed. I he's think the it's... only one they never give a backstory on. Yeah, it's kind of implied, but not implied. Yeah, because you get the you know you get the backstory about I'm here, I'm the tinkerer because I made a bomb that killed fifty people. Lance Hendrickson's there because he may or may not have poisoned his wife to death. I forget why Ernie Hudson's there. We know why Ray Liotta's there. We know why Kevin Dillon's there because he was in on that kidnapping. But yeah, that fact that just stuck out to me. Like, yeah, I'm just a child molester. I'm here, and there's a midget. And the midget gets killed. Yes. Oh, no, that's the other thing. How is it that Kevin Dillon survives in this movie longer than a midget? That is another reason why you should hate it. And the, I, and Kevin J. O'Connor, they were buddies. They no, no, Kevin J. O'Connor is fantastic, and the midget is fantastic. Kevin Dillon should not be allowed to survive. That is the one thing I'll agree with you on, John. The <laughs> Kevin Dillon character in this movie is the one thing I did not understand about the movie. Yeah. Is yes, he should have been dead like instantly. Right. There's even a point where like Ray Liotta saves him, mm-hmm. yep. and I was just like, "What are you doing, saving Kevin? Like, d- don't save him. Like, give him up as a offering to Stuart Wilson to like tell him to go away." This movie literally seems like it would be two and a half, three hours long, and there was just a lot cut out of it. I don't. Yeah, know. I, I just think they're trying to do too much with it. I mean, don't get me wrong, like. It's well put together and well intentioned, and there's some interesting stuff in it, and the action's good, and the acting is good, and I like all that stuff. But uh, yeah, ult- ultimately, it wasn't it wasn't one that I came away from going, oh my god, I love this. It was just one wow. that I came away from going, oh, it was all right. You know? Yeah, this one I love. I can overlook all that all that stuff because yeah, I, I, I'm with I you, love Kyle. This so I'm with much. you. I, I was I remember back in the day when this was made by HBO, I believe. It's a very split-second type of situation. It was out in theaters. Yeah, it was. This, I, this I, movie, kind, I believe, suffered from not knowing how to market it. Yeah. I think I might have seen this in the theaters. I'm not sure. But I definitely remember watching it a bunch of times. HBO had, like, a half-hour-long making of No Escape, and I was hyped to see this. I was... And it didn't fucking disappoint. I saw it. I loved it. I love it still. Watch it about once every year. I remember reading about it in Fango. Yeah, it's just. What do you think about it, Tim? I oh, I John really to go. The, well, I really enjoyed the movie. I I understand some of John's points, but this is just a movie after my heart of just it. jamming a bunch of random stuff together and it coming out really good because I think a lot of it has to do with the casting. I mean, you're giving me Lance Henriksen, who basically leads over. You got all camp. the best B B-listers. Yeah, Ernie Hudson. You got the Dylan kid, which yeah, I could see him being dead. But I loved Ray Liotta's 
character. The whole point is he wants to get back and he keeps escape prison. And I, I think the villain with the cannibal tribe, basically, I think that was pretty cool. I would have loved to get a little more backstory on the island just for the mere reason, like what those cannibal dudes are all living in because I that looks like a TV show about the cannibal, the cannibal dudes. Put it this way, I would have enjoyed Lost more if it had been like no escape. <laughs> just, just fucking Merrick over there fucking eating people. But no escape. I'd probably give it three and a half out of four stars. Um, the only reason I don't give it a full four is John's reason of the Dylan character. Yeah, that kind of like for it bothers me. And even without John bringing it up, it is one of the sticking points in this movie. I never made a lick of sense like how that dude survived. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I like, mean, they even make note of it. Like, you're not supposed to be here. You're just a kid. And even Lance Hendrickson. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, but everything else. I love just – it's random – this is Christopher Lambert's fortress. Yeah, it's, like Christopher Lambert is the only B actor you're missing in this movie. <laughs> yeah, you're, you literally are. This is the Americans' version of Fortress. It, it just, it, it's just a great kind of like science fiction flick, and I, it's just, it's a fun kind of B movie that I love, and it just, there's good be more stuff to it. I'm, I'm shocked that. I don't think a lot of people have seen this. Uh, maybe I thought it was bigger than it was, but everybody should go check it out. It's fucking great. I love it. Oh, yeah. I, lo- I, I love the whole premise of the movie of having it as prison island and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I just enjoyed it that much. But, yeah, I like I said, I think I enjoy it just as much as you do, but I do not give it a perfect four just for that. No. That Dylan character. Perhaps yeah, it's a it's- case of their eyes were bigger than their stomachs. Like, they yes. wanted to do so much shit, and they got it right on the casting level. They got it right on the production value. They got it right on the, the sets and the wardrobe, the, just the script. This is one of those movies that everyone forgot existed. Yeah. And it's a great movie, and I even forget that it was released in, like, what, 94? Yeah, it's old. It, yeah, and it's just, it's one of those movies I just, it suffered from Nightbreed situation where I think they did not know how to handle it and again you watch fortress and you watch this and you're like i think you're comparing this this there's this apples and oranges man fortress is a completely different movie than not not so much well just plot wise it's not but no but it just i think vernon wells needed to be in no escape how they're structured and just the feel of it that's what it feels like to me and I love, and I just, I enjoy both movies. I love, but yeah, No Escape, I can watch this all the time. I could watch I would, this every day, yeah. It's I just, I would like to know how in the hell Merrick got that, like, whatever <laughs> little fortress castle hotel thing. I, I would think they said it was like a resort that never took off, and it just, like, got overtaken by vegetation, and that's where they live now. Yeah, because it was kind of like, it reminded me a little bit of Jurassic Park. Yeah, like when it gets, yeah, when they abandon it. I think yeah. that's what happened. I don't know, it seems like... There might be a bunch of deleted stuff. I'd love to see it come out on Shout Factory. That's what I believe it is. I believe this movie easily could have been two and a half hours long. I would love to see this come out in like a director's cut or on Shout Factory with a bunch of deleted scenes. And I don't think there's a demand there. I know. That sucks, too. Maybe I thought this movie was bigger than it was. 
Uh-uh. I just I, have... I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm with you. I would love it for, I would put down 20 bucks. Oh, to get yeah. That. For sure. But I, I just don't think there is any demand that this would ever happen. Anyway, uh, give me two minutes. I'm going to take a pee. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town featuring Billy Bob Thornton. They are creatures of darkness, waiting for their moment to strike, waiting to prey on the innocent, and no power on earth can stop them. They're bad. They're beautiful. They're... Eight frauds on the rag. Troma is proud to present Billy Bob Thornton in the Tromillennium edition of Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town. For the love of men. For the love of animals. Yo, the dog. For the love of God, does anyone know how to stop them? Bring back the dead. All these people are dead. They're dead. They're going to eat you, bitch. Now, it's the Queens of Ghoul. Nobody runs me out of town. Against the zombie ghoul. That's my husband, you think? Your husband's dead! In a war that's got everyone losing their heads. No respect for the dead. Got no respect for property. What kind of trash are you? Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town. Not just another action comedy horror biker zombie movie. Blow me. Should I be concerned that my dog smells like a fish stick? <laughs> I'd just be concerned your dog's going to take a huge ass smelly dump. Oh man, I hope not. Anyway, uh, yeah, John had to leave. He had a hard out at 10 o'clock. He went over a half hour, so, uh, he's not here anymore. Thanks for coming on the show, John. We and, miss you, uh, John. What's that? They said we miss you, John. Yeah, we miss you, Gross Fest 2018. But, uh, yeah, a movie that would 2018. Prob- yeah, a movie that would probably play at Gross Fest 2018 is Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town. Yeah, Chopper Chicks in Zombie Town is one of those movies that was a USA Up All Night staple, but also a trauma film. Uh, that's, yes, Billy Bob Thornton, I think, is eighth or ninth build in here. And let's not forget, because the movie is best known for having him in it, but don't forget we have Don Kelfa, mm-hmm. who's also in this movie. Uh, basically, it's a movie made in 1989, and a women biker gang called the Cycle Sluts, they arrive in a small town called Zariah, and basically just cause chaos. The one chick uh, who was actually married to Billy Bob Thornton's character in the movie left six years ago. Uh, some of the other chicks, like, they go to a bar... And the one kicks over the dude's coffin and just like having a wake and gets into a bar fight after she sings. Uh, some of the other chicks just go around randomly banging dudes in the town because, <laughs> you know, they're all there. Meanwhile, uh, Ralph, Dr. Ralph is basically he has found some 
nuclear waste in the mine and basically started injecting people he's running over with his car and turning them into zombies and they have broken out after they ate a little kid and now they're about to wreak havoc on the small town and it's basically biker women versus zombies Mm -hmm. and that's basically the whole premise of the movie is just the biker women trying to eventually save the town they save all the blind kids and fight zombies that is literally the movie is just biker women versus zombies. I love it. It's hilarious. I loved when Gilbert Godfrey would do commentary a little bit. Yeah, on that's where I remember this from. And it's just, it's a fun movie. Is it going to be one of your favorites? No. But is it one of those movies you're going to put in, you know, once every couple of years and just enjoy it for what it is? Oh, hell yeah. For and sure. It just, and I give uh, zombie chicks in zombie town Three out of four stars. I really enjoy the movie. The zombies are hilarious. Uh, some of the makeup isn't bad. It's pretty decent for what it is. Uh, it just, it, it's just hilarious. It's a simple plot, simple movie. It's just B-movie entertainment. It's like one of those movies, and you're going to start, if you're starting to get away from like a Sorority House Massacre 2 or something of that nature, and you're looking for other stuff to venture into, Chopper Chicks and Zombie Town is something I would definitely point you in the direction, just because it's a simple movie, and I love every second of it, so. Yeah, I remember I remember this. Probably, I think, I used to watch, this, not only did it play on, like, USA Up All Night and Saturday Nightmares, this was just on during the day. Yes. On USA. Yes. This has got to be the most played, like, old-school USA movie that there was. They must have just outright owned this son of a bitch, because it was on all the time. But I never did see it. I think it it played more than Hell Comes to Frogtown. Which I never, ever once saw, which is weird, man. Never saw that on USA Up All Night. Just saw that for the first time for the show. But anyway, yeah, man, this movie is very generic. But there's enough of stuff in here to like, just the goofiness I thought was super goofy. Billy Bob's in there for a little while, and you're like, man, Troma really, like, there's some big people. Oh, yeah, there's some big names in there, and it's shot on 35. Even just, like, the Troma brand. Troma was responsible for a lot of, a lot of, I mean, shit, James Gunn, the biggest director right now in Hollywood, came from fucking Troma. Yeah, like the ch- the one chick that was in the movie is like on Falcon Crest. And... Oh, fucking Falcon Jesus! <laughs> There's, it's, yeah, some of the biker biker women that are in this, they were like had like careers. <laughs> you know, this was like one of those movies that like got them started to start doing other projects. Is yeah. basically what that came down to. It was like, hey, you do this you would probably get asked to do these next three projects. Probably. And, yeah, it might not be something they're super proud of, but compared to some of the other movies people start in, this isn't bad. This isn't something like... Hey, you got to start somewhere, and a lot of people yeah. started with trauma, so... Yeah, and this isn't like your typical trauma movie either. This isn't like... Uh, you know, this isn't like nudity at the butthole. This isn't. Well, that's really... what I wanted to ask. Is there? I never saw this uncut. Is this a tit-filled movie like I thought it would be back in the day? I don't believe so. I was gonna say I don't think there is a boob in this movie. 
There is. Okay. Uh, when Kalpha is in the freezer or whatever that thing is, and the dead yeah. chick, biker chick, is trying to get it on with him, I think you see a boob there. Well, you got a Don Kalpha sex scene, which is very yes. weird. Very, very strange. But I like it enough. There's enough goofy shit in there to keep Kyle entertained. I'm going to give it a two and a half out of four. I like That's that. probably the best way to describe yeah. it, if you want to watch a goofy movie. Yeah, it goes Chop right in it. there with fucking Sorority House Massacre 2 and, and you know, Street Trash and just goofball shit like that. So you can't yeah. go wrong there. Anyway, what do you got going on for next week, sir? Um, Like I said, I'm going to try to get out on Saturday morning to go check out that Alien movie, which I've heard some mixed reviews, oh, but i seen on IMDb boy. that it made a bunch of money overseas because it was what? released overseas. I was going to say, what the fuck? Is it out? Because I looked today and it wasn't on at my theater, but there's like yeah, reviews well, out the ass that I'm not watching. Yeah, it was like released in 14 different countries or something internationally this weekend. But not not ours not ours but it made something like 42 and a half million wow. internationally so it yeah. actually in those countries it got really good reviews it just seems to be in the u.s i guess the some of the critics that have already gotten to see the screening or whatnot yeah. have put out mixed reviews about it i have seen nothing but yeah this is awesome no this sucks it's Prometheus 2 without calling it Prometheus 2. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get out and see that next weekend for sure. I mean, which, fuck, it's an alien movie. You had me sold already. Yeah, which, uh, two pieces of news I forgot to get to earlier. Uh-oh. Uh, well, we didn't go over news, so it doesn't oh. matter. Uh, but one pertains to this. I heard uh, from somebody that the Neil Blomkamp alien project is dead in the water. I read that too, and I hope that's not true. Yes, that's what I said to this person. I was like, it better not be true because I'm going to start punching people in faces. Oh, uh, yeah, that'll be a dream movie that. Oh, man. We will, you know, we probably. I hope we get it. I don't think we will. But goddamn, like 10 years from now, when we're still doing this podcast, we'll be like, God, I wish we got that. But also. Yeah, also, second piece of news that you might actually enjoy, and finally, people would know. Uh, new buddy Addison Binkett, who's doing, who does that YouTube channel, uh, movies to watch on a rainy day. Just watched his Terror Tunes one where I was laughing my ass off at it. He informed me because he's doing, uh, Class of Nukem High Part 1. I said, hey, when's Part 2 coming? And he said, actually, it's supposed to play at the Cannes Fest Film Festival, and that's when they're going to start promoting it. Oh shit, cool. Finally. So yeah, apparently this is going down. So there you go. That that's my news of the week. Nice. I hope Lemmy got his parts shot before he died. I hope Lemmy's in there. Yep. So do I. Anyway, uh, next week you're doing Alien. Covenant yeah. That's and, what I plan on. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna get out and see that. I want to watch Screams of Winter Night because I've always heard about that, never seen it. Yes. So it's on YouTube. As of right now, it is probably it just got taken off because we mentioned it. I'm sure. Which I, I one more thing. Uh, you seen those? Uh, I still got to check it out. The downloadable movies that supposedly James Cox sent us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told him to send you that one called. Okay. 
Yeah, because it's like he sent me that like Saturday night, and you know, I was like, "Ooh, Australian! I think that's got Bubba Zanetti as the bad guy in it." Yeah, we need to see that. Okay. Yeah, he said since he's not sure if you're going to be able to download that or not, but I got it. Okay. Yeah, I figured I'd try it. I yeah. haven't tried it yet. I keep forgetting, but yeah. I'm saving that for a, a show sometime. Okay. Anyway, next week, Aliens, and I think maybe Bigfoots. I'm not sure what's in that Screams of Winter Night, but what do we got to pimp besides Gross Fest 2018? <laughs> Hashtag Gross Fest 2018. Uh, always, you can find me here at Bloodbass and Boomsticks, grossmoviereviews.com, and if you'd like to help uh, purchase a book, help out Gross Fest 2018, go to lulu.com. Do the bookstore link and just put in gross movie reviews. You'll find my books there. Uh, I got nothing to pimp. You can find us on Stitcher, uh, hashtag GrossFest2015. Uh, yeah, we're out of here. We'll see you next week, everybody. Turn out the lights. The party's over. They say that all good things must end. Call it a night. The part is over And tomorrow starts the same old thing again Zombies, man. They creep me out. Henry! Suzanne sucks pussy! Hey, Henry! She's a dyke! I know, I know! She's a lesbian! A lesbian! Oh, well... Apparently, she's working night. But she left a note. Is dinner in the oven? We know all about you, Chief. You don't come to water at all, do you? Some bad hat, Harry. Oh, hey, you okay? Oh, damn enchiladas! Oh, you gonna be all right? Oh, oh! Just in case we get killed, I wanted to tell you, you have the biggest dick I've ever seen. Thanks. Don't keep it turned into a lick. what it is. Now get your ugly white ass out of here. Don't come back. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.